Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the LGL Officially Unofficial Podcast, episode number 28. I am your host, Alex, otherwise known as actually go by Mars One on the internet. And of course, I'm joined by my first co-host, that being the vivacious man himself, Samuel Initialize Hapgood. Sir, welcome to the show. Pleasure, pleasure. And... Over on the complete opposite side of where I am if you're watching the podcast on YouTube. But if you've got it in your ears, you won't know any of that. And I have the dazzling man himself. Tarek would blush at how shiny and spotless. I, I, I <laughs> fucked this up. Alex, yeah, otherwise the, known uh, as Nymera. Like shiny and chrome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show as well. Alex. Lovely to be here. I don't quite have like the low neck line for that. I, yeah, that's Our Armor of the Fifth Age Nymera is a cosplay reward for uh, the Patreon we'll be setting up at some point. Episode 100. Ooh. Wait, no, I'm not... No, no, no. I said there was a cosplay. I'm not saying it's that one. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't Age lock Nymera, yourself into any you. of those yet. Yeah. But gentlemen, <laughs> welcome I'm to the not podcast. not buff enough for that. This is the LJL Officially Unofficial Podcast, and, well, initialize. What is this podcast? This podcast is for all of those people wanting to know about the LJL, the Japanese Pro League of Legends League, was inelegantly said. But either way, uh, there is not a lot of content out there for that particular league in English, so we're kind of doing it, and it's been a lot of fun. So come and grab your extra knowledge about the LJL right here, right now. Okay. Okay, well, I feel more knowledgeable now, but I'm still a bit confused on who we even are and our affiliation with Riot Games. So, Nymera, could you potentially fill me in and our listeners? If I were to tell it in the form of the story, it'd be very much like the Lord of the Rings. And we already talked about, you know, the Fifth uh-huh. Age, the Armor of the Fifth Age, Terry, but this is more like the Third Age, you know, the war against Sauron and the war against no content in English for the LJL. And it, it was a great collaboration of people. Um, and, you know, the, you've got the, the Men of the West, you've got the Elves, the Dwarves, and uh, maybe each of us are representatives of one of those. But Riot is not in the fellowship of the LJL officially unofficial. Okay. We are completely on it on our own. We are three plucky adventurers heading towards our end goal, which is English content for that LJL. We're in it alone, lads. Yeah. Gone to a course raid and uh, Riot did not answer. What can we say? <laughs> well, we've not um, explicitly gone to them yet. Quite we haven't let the beacons <laughs> just yet. <laughs> These are like the beacons. We've made a mistake. <laughs> Crap. Where's Pippin? <laughs> oh god, oh no. No, no, no. Let's go back. Um, uh, this ah, this podcast is a representation of our also our own views and opinions. This is also does not represent the LGL officially unofficial cast. This is purely name coincidence. Potentially we'll go some through some rebranding in the future. Maybe we'll never get to episode 100 because we'll just keep having new seasons <laughs> and then it's just a scam. We're just sc- scamazzing you the whole way. But... Regardless, you can find all of our social medias either below us, so at Marswan, at Initialize with a one, and at Nymera, as well as you can find us in the description or the podcast notes for all of that, including the LGL, officially unofficial social media streams. And you can also check out this podcast, as I hinted towards earlier, on all major audio podcast platforms. And it goes from Spotify, Dazza, and all those others. And if there's anything out there that you haven't got it on, let us know. We'd probably be interested but, in doing it. But not SoundCloud. No, fuck SoundCloud. They make me pay for that shit. Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. Unless you want to spend a while since we not sound. that. It's not Did sound. It's very much not sound. Not sound. <laughs> not SoundCloud. Right. Well, gentlemen, this podcast, we're going to be recapping week seven and the end 
of the oh, yes. summer split for the LJL. We've now covered two full splits, gentlemen. We did it. Wow, no. We're pretty great. We're pretty great. I was hoping that someone would have like a. I just want to. Oh, I just want to oh, take wait. a moment here to uh, thank my family. Yeah, so, everything's really thank my cool. Friends and my family. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do this without them. And uh, your family's you know. in this podcast. Yeah, Sam. What? What? What, what the heck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be disowned. We'll be recapping the final standings and each of the narratives there, and also just kind of talking about each of the teams and around mm. that. We won't be going into our full in-depth of how our teams got here and everything. That will be our next podcast as well as probably some other stuff happening in the next podcast mm. as we will be having a week break from the LGL. No games this week coming. Next week will be all of that. So we'll do our standard. We'll also be um, talking about the tiebreaker match that will be happening tonight of us recording this podcast. Me and Initialize will be covering that live over on the game. Uh, We'll be talking about our predictions and just kind of the matchup. It's a best of one game and it's only really sorting out who gets to be that fourth seed and who is going to be fifth place. So a lot to play for, relatively speaking. Um, Mm. But still something we'll talk about here. Obviously, you'll be listening to this on Thursday at earlier, so it will be a little bit of a blast from the past, so you can tell us if we're right or wrong with our predictions. Then we'll have our players of the week as standard, and then questions. So, gentlemen, it's about time that we get into our main meat and potatoes, as I love to go by, as we are the potatoes. And gentlemen, our final standings. We know who's making playoffs. We already knew that last week, though, but now we know the seeding and everything else around that. We go bottom up as always because we want to kind of uh, praise those that made jumps and um, be a little bit disappointed in others. And I think disappointed is kind of where we have to sit with our first team at the very bottom. I don't even know what their loss streak is at this point. I think it's 0-8 at this point in their loss streak. Um, But that is Rascal Jesters. They had another 0-2 week and... uh, Seven losses. Seven losses, okay. Close, close. Um... Rest in peace, Rascal Jester, right? That's that's hard that's half a split, dude. That's yeah. half a split. <laughs> wow. Well they didn't beat Axis though. Congrats. <laughs> but uh not this week. <laughs> uh what happened to the Jesters, lads? This was their last week, and is it just same is it same old, same old in your opinions? I mean they lost to Axis this week and Destination Focused Me. Their Destination Focused right. Me loss was pretty lopsided. And this was also not their substitutes necessarily doing that. That was just Cold Cog and Hatchimetcha having a pretty yeah. meh game. And then they just got yeah. demand like decimated really by Axis in a more controlled environment, because it did take I a little mean, bit longer. The the Axis one was much more competitive early. I'll give them that. Pink yeah. got out to a three and zero lead on the Katarina. That's Katarina one trick. That That's all into, good news. But, well, it turned good into question. a four four and six Katarina and um, Jesters again. <laughs> just just I don't know. Have very limited had very limited win conditions. Were always in odd spaces with their drafts because of what their players actually play and wanted to play yep. uh that was not an easy comp to play katarina into either you're playing into galio in particular who just makes your life miserable hextech ultimatum comes down and you can't escape from that either from the camille from uinyan you know lots of things to make pink's life miserable so you're playing 4v5 at that point sure. in team fights because katarina but lots of things go wrong basically is a long and short of it but mm. yeah just as playing with two subs two subs who weren't really ljl ready showed for seven games in a row frankly. and they've always been at the bottom they've played from basically yeah. bottom two spots for most of this split so uh, r.i.p you've had two subs 
let's get off them because I don't think it's worth uh, chatting too much more about them. Go on, the Nightmare. Go on. Art is an elo hell. Art is in such elo hell. Sure. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Yeah, that's the one thing I'll say about this team. Um, he's the one guy that's consistently tried to do something. <laughs> His Caitlyn has been really good. He's been picking up before the other eighty carries in the region. I think I thought that was something which Rascal Chesters might be able to pull out something special with, but they're just they're not at the level of the other teams, whether it be in draft because of their champion pools, as Sam was saying, or I mean the multitude of the regions that reasons that you guys have brought up as well. I, I do think that Cog has been okay for most of the split. Same with this week was moments. bad. Yeah. This yeah. week was bad, guys. Zero nine versus DFM for Cog Cog and one and seven for Hatcher Matcher. Admittedly, against a very strong topside team, but oh gosh, that is not a way to go out. So a lot of pride oh. lost from Rascal Jester, particularly because they lost to another team very close to them. And it, and and in all honesty, while it was slightly competitive, I remember us covering this match, and it 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 was like okay, it's competitive, but at the same time, I was like, I still always felt Axis were gonna win the game, even yeah, when Pink got it three and zero. Bloody. The Carthus is up 50 CS at like 10 minutes. Like, it was one of those games where you're like, oh and, no. And Pink was on a champion. Oh, oh you no. You can't carry on Colorino versus this team. You can't. I'm sorry. No. He tried. No, probably he got, not. Axis gave him one good team fight at the early game, and then and that was it. Anyway, yeah. let's actually talk about Axis. Because they were mm. the team that actually got a little pride. They lost. The, um, they did lose one of their games this week, sadly, and that was to the Hawks. But they had a nice showing versus Rascal Jesters, and you know what? It's sad that it took them this long um, to really power up and level up, but I'm not sure how much of a deeper run they would have been able to do, as they did also lose to the Hawks, you know? So, Pride restored a little bit, but yeah, still unsure, personally. Rough one. Yeah, um... We said a lot about the uh, the Axis team over the well all of our podcasts because we you know being a playoff team and that's sort of Cinderella team from spring. No, we love those guys. We love the team. They've got such a good story behind them, but um, stories aren't reality. And turns out esports is not an anime, um, <laughs> as Monte Cristo so often says. Uh, yeah, it sucks. At least they beat the Jesters. They beat them in style, um, but they will still be. The, the good thing is at least they managed to recover some pride with the roster change at the end of the the split that yeah. gives me hope that they might be able to keep together two two, a roster one until one. things like mm. at the end after during super week you can't complain yeah. they took out some bigger teams in super week right yeah yeah Sorry. yeah i mean like th there are players on this roster who absolutely deserve to be kept in the L. um they have again they were similarly hit by the visa issues jesters were and you know off what was the first time for this organization in playoffs spring looking competitive particularly was the second half to then have to kind of rebuild all over again in in summer at the, at the very late notice, yeah, kind of scuppered them early on. You know, Jesters were hit harder. Don't get me wrong, but even so, yeah. tough work. Um, and you kind of saw them try and make a last gasp from Super Week, but it just too little, yeah. too, man. We'll get it. We'll get some time to holistically look at this team across this split. I guess we'll do that in another podcast. It'll be but... on next week's podcast. Probably. Yeah, yeah, we'll do mm -hmm. we'll do all that kind of stuff. But this week in particular, went one on one. Um, at least they took two wins off of two top teams in Super Week, mm -hmm. so that's something to be proud of. But yeah, kind of sucks for them. Just sucks. That's the end of it, really. Yeah. But they still beat the other team that was at the bottom, so at least they can be like, we weren't yeah, the worst, yeah. lads! We weren't the worst! <laughs> and that's what they should take. They weren't the worst, at least. So uh, go from there. Go from there. And you still played with the sub, and you were picking up wins versus the top mm -hmm. team, so mm -hmm. at least that's something.
Gentlemen, we've been rallying through these teams pretty quick, and now we've got a really disappointing team to talk about, and that's Burning Core. What the... Oh. Okay, so... Oh, I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. What the fuck happened to Burning Core this week? They they went from me thinking, oh, I don't think Burning Core... I think Burning Core could be a good contender I think you the said they're even, like, your third they are, they, favorite team. Yeah, well, they are. the third best team for yeah. you. Yeah, and they, and so, honestly, I would have agreed with you. I, yeah. I would have been... Yeah. I would have... I've been there going, like, hey, you know what? I probably don't disagree with that. Um, no, I anymore. do think that... <laughs> I, again, you know, last week and the week before that, I think I started saying, you know, there are formulas to beat certain teams. Yep. Burning we Core, we've kind of known that for a while. It just hadn't been exposed yeah. for a while. We were reminded again, if you shut once down, they are a team and a ship without a rudder. Well, only yeah. Ray Farkin, and... really. Well, yeah. yeah. I like sail. Where's the rudder? There is something to that, because I... I, I because I remember putting out that tweet saying, oh, Lord wants us another carry champion because Karzix was in meta and he had a couple ridiculously good games on that champion. Um, Karzix, I think, as we've been discovering and discussing in general as sort of analysts and people in the community, is that, like, it's great into certain matchups, but, like, picking it universally, especially versus teams that have strong junglers and strong junglers who know how to follow early game plans... So I'm talking blank. I'm talking boogie steel to an extent early on. Can really punish guys. A lot of LGL junglers aren't bad at that. Even 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 Hatchimetra and Tussle Mm. aren't awful in that field. Yeah, Uh, and Karzix doesn't really actually scare Mish all that well until a at least level three and b warrior enchant. Frankly, to really get the most out of his ridiculous AD scalings. Uh, Until that point, actually, he's very squishy. Um, and you can see, see him, and he regrets his life immensely. Um, well, the game versus V3, Boogie made Karzix completely non-factor off, off a really good level one, forcing uh, a red buff invade and stopping Karzix taking the opposing red buff, and then finding him level three to level two, at which point Karzix was out of the game. He might get one kill later on with a, a very aggressive invade mm-hmm. from Boogie around red buff around... 10 minutes, something like that. That was it. Boogie uh, once ended 1-5-2 and two in that game. I mean, it's important to note that this was Boogie playing Lee Sin, and in all fairness, mm-hmm. Clid believes that Lee Sin is the best jungler still in the game at the moment. Can be. I don't disagree if you're really good at that champion. And, he's, and that's the jungler for Genji, if anyone's not aware. that I got that information by listening to uh, another podcast, what? The Pog State, and, they, and that's where they were mm-hmm. like, I inter- actually was like, I interviewed him, he thinks it's broken, and he's really confused why people still don't um, play it as often as they should. I know that I know that Tarzan, who's, you know, a bit of a... Um, Controversial figure what sometimes. What An in- infamous mm. uh, streamer in NA, but he is a very, you know, very talented and respected for his game knowledge, at least, jungler in NA, a very yeah, tough challenger. Uh, he bans Lee Sin every game. He just... He just bans it every game, uh, and everyone he coaches says, "Look, just ban this champion. He makes your life too hard as a carry jungler. You can't, you can't, you can't outduel this guy." Yeah. Um, yeah. If you get like this... oh no, girl, go. I was just saying, like the thing with Lee Sin, right, is it's it's the the height you can get to on that champion in terms of what options are available to you at any given point in the game are so high. Now the mm. floor to execute them is also super high, so you've got to kind of be right up here to get it done. But if you have the mechanics of someone like Clid, of someone like if you go to the LPL, Casa, for example, yeah, has that's who I was thinking. The entire um, league on that VCS, channel. most of their junglers. Le- yeah, yeah, Levi, Melio. And, and then we can bring it back round to us once and Boogie. Boogie. 
Mm-hmm, I'll yep. go with the two. Boogie is the man and that blank, played and Lee Blank, Sin. actually, really, really good Lee Sin. Blank yeah. can play it beautifully, and once, Tussle. I believe, would be a good Lee Sin player. I believe we've seen him play Lee Sin. Well, right? once, yeah, he's crushed on yeah. it. He had the Lee Sin Yumi game in spring where he... Oh, that's went, right. Well, he was, need- um, was absolutely amazing. He, uh, uh, but he did have a Lee Sin game this week. No, he did. He did. And uh, that's why I kind of started this narrative of Lee Sin. Oh, good because, point. Because... Uh, the highs that he played against and the lows that he started on really emphasize yeah. the point that you brought up, um, I believe, Nymera, about mm-hmm. once being a lot of Burning Cores playthrough, right? That's what you start, started yeah. with, right? Yeah, it's yes. like he's the rudder for the whole things. team. He, yeah, he. This guy is the guy that directs the team because Rayfarki, really, really good, but top lane is not really the person leading the charge in most engagements. No. Um, I think that Proud has been stepping into that role more. Um, but if once gets shut down, it's really but, looking rough for Burning Core. let's be real. Yeah. Proud has problems in their bot lane because of uh, who he's also yeah. attached yeah. to. Yeah. I think... That being said, I think yes. Yui had a one of his best weeks. He did. I think that he's not been as much of a liability. It doesn't mean he's a strong point. I think that particularly his Senna game in against V3 was... Solid. Not awful. Yeah, it was yeah, solid. Right. It's not awful. Um, I would question why he built Black Cleaver on center. I have a lot of issues with that, losing to Shopkeeper. Um, but, but I, yeah, at least this week I give him a bit of a, a bit of a pass because he's done better. better. Yeah. He's not been the he's not been the lose condition you can sometimes yep. be. But like yeah, it. once really capitulated against both Tussle and yeah, Boogie, okay. and that, it sucked to see. Really, it so really sucked. Th- so the reason Lee Sin is strong is because he just has so many options available to him. The most jungles, you just have more things you can do at any given. They're really hard to execute, and if you recall, I said there is a skill floor. If you don't reach that skill floor, you can just in a game away, and you become free gold. Come, you dive in and just regret things, and you got to hope for the best kick flash of your life. Where other, like the the baseline utility of certain champions, at least with the execution, um, I know most of the LEC junglers reckon that Volley Bear is the best jungler right now because he is just mm. the strongest jeweler. He outduels every single jungler in the game. Um, that that's their read on it. Uh, you can stun people. You have so much damage. You have a shield. You can run people down. Uh, Lee Sin jumps at you. You press Q. He's stunned. He takes all the autos and has to run away. I don't think that's a crazy analysis, though. Um, Tussle enjoyed doing exactly what you stated <laughs> to him on that yes. volley bear. He was just like, "Hi, Lee Sin. Four, one, and seven at the end of the game. You're zero, five, and six. And I think this is going to be an important point for Burning Core moving forward. Um, Wants yeah. needs to not. Because I don't think Burning Core necessarily need Wants to be a full carry jungler. I think he, they just he need just him to, to be... kind of lead the charge. And you could do that yeah, on champions like Sejuani, like Trundle. You can still play these champions. They're not. Whether they're good or not is a whole other kettle of fish. But there are champions he could play that he doesn't have to explicitly carry on. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! is also causing problems though for the team. Yeah, and we can't dis- was, we can't blame once was, for all of it. He was a bit of a placeholder this week. Yeah, his um, he, well, he's been a placeholder for he's been placeholder for the split. Really, he's not yeah. been a part. He's he's occasionally he made enemy mids, which we've thought was middling looked sure, good, yeah. and that's not so great. Um, he's not been the lose condition again. He has been that more often than Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, Agreed. Mostly, as Sam's saying. He's not going to output damage, guys. This guy is... You can't give him damaging champions. But then the problem is, even on the champions, which he looked really good... I thought he had a really good set game a week or two ago. He Um, did. And then... uh, then Not this week. 
No, not this week. He played Set versus Oriana, um, and the Oriana took him to pieces just completely. I mean, yeah. the one that the, the part that really bugged me with UGO playing on this set is he just basically let Dasha just move the ball on top of him a bunch, ult him, and then he's just like, oh no, I need to run away. Dasha just goes, I'll flash auto ball kill you, and then it's just kind of like mm. Tussle, I actually didn't need you. I know it looked like I should have needed you because he <laughs> should flash away. Yeah. But I killed him, and Tuss yeah. was just like, alright, mate, got an assist, like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <sighs> there was like the one nearly good play, and again, I'm aware we talk about the Hawks, I'm sure we'll talk about soon, later on, but the one nearly good play from UJ that game was when he went to go for a massive haymaker that would have killed a couple people. Yeah. And then the one death Dash had in that game was him shockwaving the set out of the haymaker through damage area. He died, like, Oriana dies, but he saves the rest of his team, he still goes mm-hmm. one for one doing that, and it's like, the one play that UGO saw that he tried to make that game didn't work. My worry is, I know that I, I somewhat agree in the fact that once could be really good at leading the charge on Sidrani Trundle, whatever. There has to be some kind of compensation in damage elsewhere. I agree. He's yeah, he's so much of their damage share. Yeah. Maybe if Yushi steps up and has weeks which are, uh, if because going to playoffs in round one, maybe if he gets center a lot, maybe if he has some okay Ash and Aphelios games, that's enough. I doubt it. I don't put that. I see where you're coming from, and if it wasn't the same mid and bot lane, I would really love to see that. It's not happening in this yeah, team. Yeah, I me. mean, what once does 21 percent of their damage, almost 22 percent, and what UGO is doing 17. Proud's doing 10 percent. He like it, it's worrying. That shouldn't happen. From yeah, that it's, shouldn't happen. It's very worrying. Um, and this does will this will raise a question which we will touch on um once we go on to next podcast episode, but. Burning core in playoffs, eh, put some question marks out there for me, um, mm. for them, especially as their oh, losses okay. were to number one seed and a seed they should have been closer to. And let's talk yeah, about yeah. that seed, I think, unless you guys have more you want to okay. mention. No, about no, no, can no, I just, no, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just add in this okay. last bit of stat just okay. so we can, before we move on Burning Core. So I've got the damage percentages of the players from Burning Core. Once is at 22%. Which is pretty damn huge for a jungler. That, that, that's what I just said. UGO, yeah. So, but, 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 wait, so I told you you said that as well. So I was looking for the stats. So I didn't realize you picked them up. Did you pull up UGO's mid lane stats? Yeah, as well? I said that was seventeen. Yeah. Okay. In that case, in that case, yep. Cool. In that case, ignore me. I went looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was all I wanted to bring up was UGO's mid lane stats. Seventy percent is not good enough for a mid laner. But you've said it already. So continue. <laughs> it's all right, buddy. It's all right. Let's Sorry. now Happens. talk about. The Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks Gaming. This is an org that was only started, was kind of recovered some of the players from USG that fell apart at the end of summer in 2019. The Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks, uh, this is their first playoffs they're going to be in. They had an awful spring split, but have recovered to a respectable 7 and 7 at the end. Went 2 0 at the end, picking up wins against, well, we've already covered Burning Core. And they also picked up a win against Axis, who we said were having a slight resurgence. It's good to kind of at least make sure they're not, they're not the, they're the top, even if they're the top of the bottom four. Or slash bottom five, because they're tied with uh, DFM, Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about them in a moment. If they're tied there, that puts them in a really nice place to kind of be looking and go, well, we're at least we're halfway in the standings and we can only look up moving forward for them, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, they've come a long way from where we said, yeah, they've kind of got some soft wins they've been gifted here. Not sure how good they are to the point now. We said, actually, over Super Week, they looked like a much improved team on a... 
systematic level, I think is the way they put it. They pulled in some new coaches, some big names we said before, like XKT Rolsters coach for like eight years, which is pretty bloody absurd. Along with an ex Flash Wolf come Jinair coach. Like that that's some fairly tenured people who've come in. And they just look so much more cohesive and constructive, particularly actually, uh, for me it's Aramic being less mm. of a lose factor in the top lane when it's yeah. bad, when it's weak side, and Tussle and Dasha getting to have a bit more breathing space to do what they're good at has been a real revelation for this squad. Uh, I think week seven, the last week here, there wasn't anything special special here, but the wins yep. were pretty clean, uh, even if the enemies didn't exactly make it hard on them. For me... Hawks winning in relatively formulaic fashion is very much a positive, though. The way I would say... The change I would say in the Hawks now is that they are a much more balanced team. Mm. You know, it's not That's just really it skewed That's to one member or another. Honey, been performing very well. I think that Honey has been one of the better AD carries, maybe even top three, actually, in this last week. Mm, last week, last shout. couple. I think that... Um, and this is someone that, obviously, Lexi was very right to bring up at the start of spring, just saying, yo, this guy's like Korean challenger, rookie coming in. You can never discount like a Korean rookie coming in because if people are scouted correctly, that's always going to be a threat. It took him a while to get to that point. It took, took him, him a whole split. A split, no. Yeah. A split yeah. and a half, uh, maybe. Actually, yeah, that's actually, so maybe I'm, I'm, I can't remember exactly what he was doing at the start of um, summer. But, yeah, he's and the important thing for me, he's doing Dude, it on multiple picks. He's doing yeah. it on multiple picks. He's picking gin out a good gin. Idea. That's very important. Um, and this allows Pooh to not just play peel supports. It allows him to play some different stuff, which he's been doing pretty well on. It allows him to kind of take up some of the engaging duties that other champions might have, uh, other roles might have done. Um, I agree. My worry for them is that. Aramic is still pretty bad from behind. I don't know how they can play around strong top side and bot side, but they've been managing to do it in the last couple of weeks. So tentatively, looking pretty solid. And moving forward for the Hawks, they should at least be very comfortable with their current lineup. This is at least a at least they've got a core roster which they can build yeah. upon. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and I do wonder how much just having some Korean coaches now. Like is is just affecting the team morale now because it almost feels like Honey's playing night and day better. And that, that they've got there's three Korean nationals on that squad. So you yeah. know, like Honey, 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 and Dasher, and while Tussle. Tussle's been in no, the LJL for years and years and years and speaks good Japanese at this point, there's still a certain amount of uh, historic culture there, which just helps having some people there who can teach you with a bit of shared experience. That empathy could be really huge. Mm, yeah, and. Now having the coaching staff, having a large amount of background management, obviously reprieves the players and their main coach that was away, cars, who is there, still their head coach, reprieves him now of other responsibilities so maybe other people can manage stuff. And it's only going to be good for the Hawks. And honestly, I'm optimistic for them coming into playoffs. That's fair. The other I mean, team... Uh, oh, go for it, go for it. Just saying, like, as a, as a bit of a final point on Honey in particular, like, his kill participation's really damn high. He's up at 85%, which is pretty huge. Mm, uh, higher really than anybody else on the team. By, like, by, like, over 10%, actually. Or 10% Hasn't over Honey any other got, member. like, one of the, like... That, yeah, he's got the saying, highest yeah. top... He's the yeah. highest CPM, yeah, yeah. If the, in the upper AGL. Yeah. Not just his team. Yeah. Wow, there you go. So, like, that, that's pretty yeah. huge. I mean, he's got 35% of the team's damage as well. You know, that's the highest on the squad. Like, this guy's Maybe been performing pretty well. Much. And, uh... Granted, it's been skewed a little bit over a few games, but that's good news. Um, then again, we've also seen Hawks crumble when they get <clears> slapped <throat> in the bot lane. Go look at that CGA game where Gango gets 51% of the damage yeah, running <laughs> the bot lane. So, like, yeah. Yes. Honey from behind is a different. 
but well, this is something actually. You know, talking about that kill participation, he's actually the highest non-jungler in terms of kill participation. That's pretty huge. Damn. He's, um, he's actually yeah. higher than his own jungler. Yeah, he is. He's like tussles at sixty-nine percent. Yeah, nice. that's that's huge. What? That's crazy. That's I didn't real. Wow. Yeah. No, I hadn't quite realized that. That's. Yeah. That's just bringing it out now. Is not bad, actually. Not bad. He's got a higher vision score per minute than anyone else on his team as well, aside from his support. And, mm. oh, just 0.1% behind... No, 0.01% behind Tussle. Like, he's 1.46 to 1.47. Like, this guy's playing a good game of League of Legends right now. Well, on took, multiple levels. It took him a while, but I, I knew scouting out Honey way back when would pay <laughs> off. And now it's started to pay off. Hopefully, though, we'll get another tenure of him, at least with uh, the LJ. Yeah. Um, and no one's going to be aggressive and try and pinch him for uh, amateur or... Uh, well, mm. an amateur Korean team looking for a good bot laner. The other team is also tied on 7-7. Seven and seven. These two teams are tied for fourth place. This is why we had to go that tied fifth slash fourth place. It's weird. Detonation, focus me. They had a 2-0 week, and it, yeah, it's been a while since I've actually said that about Detonation Focus Me. Mm. One of those games, however, was against the Rascal Jesters, so we're going to take that with a pinch of salt for what it is. But the other game was against Crest Gaming Act, and you know what? This felt like a, at least a return to form for DFM. Um, however, there are some things we will be talking about Crest Gaming Act later, so let's try yes. and not get too yeah. much into CGA at the moment. Yeah. But leave it with Rascal DFM. Return to form, right, lads? Yeah, I yeah, think the one thing sure. I'll say in regards to the CJ thing, which we'll expand on later, sure. is that DFM team fought really well. Really well. Sure. And we talk about CJ being a really good team fighting game team. They beat them at their own game, like, significantly. I'd agree. DFM had a really good game there. And that's the, if we're going to focus on that game. Yeah, no, uh, DFM, you know, I've definitely had my complaints about them. I think, yeah, we hold them to high standards, but this week was good. It is starting to give me those worries for playoffs again. If DFM back, this is how it starts. Um, I mean, like, so we had some very obvious errors in the way DFM were playing. Mm. We had issues with the way they were drafting, what they were priorities. And we're asking, well, where, where is the Camille? What are you doing there? Like, they're like, just on a number of levels, they're like, mm. okay, why are you picking Ziggs here? You know Abby plays a great orb. Why is this being picked here? This week, the drafts were just a lot cleaner. Really, they really felt it. Um, two, um, we had issues about how they were playing around objectives hit about the 15-minute mark. Second, Herald. Mm. Third, Drake. They would be walking in blind and getting picked off. They had some really good Herald and Dragon fights this game around where they were picking off people effectively beforehand or setting up well for objectives beforehand. Like, these little things where we're saying, DFM, what the hell are you doing on a really basic level? This week, for the first time in a while, we went, actually, you played that really cleanly around those kind of things. Plus, there were some good mechanical outplays. Yeah, one of those games was against Rascal Jesters, but bluntly, going 7-1-10 and 10 on your top laner and 8-1-13 and 13 on your jungler is still fairly impressive. That's worth some praise. The caveat against Rascal Jester is that actually they, they actually won that hard against the part of the team that is really good. You know, their top mm, jungle yeah. is not bad. Cogcog and, 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 um, Hatch, and Hatchmetra have been decent. Um, yeah. and but, they, watch it, they but watching that them. game back, they, they, they did kind of hard int at points. They did. No, don't yeah. get me wrong. I have a lot of complaints about how they played, but still. They, they did. They but have, DFM, it's, okay. it's, better, it's better than saying, because we've had, I mean, over Super Week, I was sat there going like, wow, they have this really easy play they can make. Wow, this is like uh, something they should be doing here. And they weren't doing it. At least yeah, this game, they pulled true. the trigger every time. The opportunity mm. was valid. And mm. yeah, that's that's something. Yeah. yeah also... I'd... Return to form for Ebby and Ebby and Steel, frankly, because they were really bad for oh, quite also, a while. 
I, Gang had a really good week too. I'm going to put that caveat there for Ebby specifically and Steel, um, as we've been having more concerns mm. and problems. This is a good week. This isn't enough for me to write them off and say you're good. You guys are good again. Oh yeah, yeah you need to sure. keep doing this because. You played against the bottom team and stomped them. Okay, good job. You can stomp a bottom team. That that should be expected from you when you're in first place because that's where we all expected you to be. Okay. And then you had a good game versus CGA. That's a really good start. And that's the only top team that you've beaten, but you went one-on-one -on -one against That's a big them. thing. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come for DFM because that means we're going to have four top teams. And depending on their tiebreaker game, that we could have great. five top teams. But first, we need to see that. Well, and it depends how Burning Core play. Because if Burning Core can play like a third-place team, it'll be great. If they play like a sixth-place team, there's, bob, bob, there's bob. a lot of variants to take into account. I uh, Sam is back, of course. Sorry, I thought his camera just recently died there. Yeah, no, if DFM are back Sorry, and Burning Core turn around what they did, mm -hmm. yeah, this plus is going to be... Even round one is going to be super competitive. And we'll, we'll talk about that at another point. I, I think, actually, the guy which I think really stepped up for me was Gang. Mm. I think Gang's bard is looking... Terrific. Yeah. He... Also, yeah. Check out the the early Leona versus Artway. He hit two Zenith blades early that just screwed the game. I will caveat Nagi. Well. I mean, Nagi played it badly. really poorly. Um, he did, but you know, Gang's got to land those two. So that still. became yes, a rest agree. of the game where we just started talking about Nautilus. About it. <laughs> we were just like, this is yeah, because when ND played it um, versus Grendel, and we were just like, this is how you like, do wow, it. He played this really well. Yeah, it's like this is how you do it. And then Corp. Then, in all fairness, Corporal actually did that a few times as well. And I'm like, Nagi, please take notes for fuck's sake. Everyone can. Yeah. Oh God. Um, Feels bad, man. I don't want to flame them. Like the, flame the fact that now, yeah. But, it wasn't good. But yeah, DFM return to form and hopeful mm. for things to yeah. come. I think is fairness. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in a few hours' I, time. Yeah. Ooh, True. I, I guess. Okay, we won't spend too much time on them, but I will say the big thing okay. about the drafts for me is that they weren't just doing like very slim win condition comps, which we noticed right the way back from their first loss against Sengoku, when they were just like at the we very, noticed very this loss, in spring. We noticed this and it's like. This draft is really kind of slim. It's a bit like, of an you arrogant. Draft, are you actually right? playing like, this game to win on with hard? Weirdness. It's yeah. It's just like playing the game on hard mode. Whereas like both drafts they had, they had like so many options to play through, and I was impressed by that. So I think that I think that they they looked good on both the the the, the metrics. I was not impressed by them over sure. Super Week. The question is, is this? consistent, consistent. we only have two yeah. games and yeah so that tiebreaker match will be very important particularly because if they end up in fifth seed potentially that's quite important so we'll see we will hoping see. to see them at this level absolutely yeah hmm. cga crest gaming act boys are tied coming into this well actually no they were our second place team second place. they Nine had a loss to give to at least afford a tiebreaker game they had it all they at worst had to go one and one they had destination focus me and sengoku these were teams that they had actually beaten so coming into this CGA should be favored they're the coin flip and they'll probably think ah coin flip <clears throat> Nymera, initialize, take this away. <sighs> Alright, so. <laughs> Whoops. This is what we say about Crest Gaming Act, and it's basically that there is, well, they always have some win conditions. Maybe that Ari is really good, so is their bot lane when they get to play strong side. When it goes the other side, if Ari is not a win condition, if the bot lane fail to realize that sometimes they're not the strong side of the map, they can fall to pieces. I know Nymera has a lot of thoughts on the DFM game, 
But the Sengoku game was a little sad, man. Like, Gango and Grendel got slapped. Like, 40% volume off. Yeah, sure. Oh, that should be strong enough. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Something in there. <laughs> CJ is such a. Vi- they're our highest variance team in the LJL, and it's been actually quite impressive to see that they did go nine and three in the first place. Um, this is kind of coming for. This has been coming for a while. Let's be real. I Kango will at the ca- end of one of these games had three fucking crit cloaks at the. <laughs> Sorry, so Nightmare. That was how far behind he was. No, I. I think. I will add in a caveat. Sure. Both of these losses were on blue side, where I think CJ are I weaker. This one out. They are still mm-hmm. third seed. They will get side choice for the first two rounds were they to make it to round two. So in round one, they'll be the highest. Well, they'll be the highest remaining seed if they were to make that. Potentially, that means they have two five-game series where they screw up on blue side because people have solved them there, and then they get counterpick for Aria on red side um, on every red side game, which they get to choose. Potentially that gets them through to round three. Um, they have a lot of issues, guys. We knew this. We, we did notify. Yeah. We notified the world. It's like don't let them team fight. It's not very good. And then the world listened. Um, apparently, so maybe someone think, at yeah, DFM but... and Sengoku management is listening to us, and they're just like the the English lads figured it out, lads. We just figured it out. Don't fight them, I, lads. Uh... Don't fight. I know it sounds crazy. Don't fight them. And then they suddenly go two and they're like. These British lads know something. All right. I do think the caveat in these two games yeah. was actually... Actually, no, I think that this is actually something which was really kind of distressing on the other side of it, mm-hmm. is that True. they actually got out Team 4. Yeah. It was kind of against the narrative. Against DFM, yeah, certainly. There was a really big moment where I think DFM's draft against them was really good. Uh, they had three winning lanes, and actually CJ did poorly in early lane versus both in both their games. And mm-hmm. that's something which we'll have to touch on a bit when we talk about the other teams and talk about it from the more positive aspect um yeah so i think that there's this one particular team fight in cga dfm where things were quite even and then mm-hmm. gangar eats like a full high mini w to the face with a comment and loses prop loses half his hp and this is kind of like while everyone's clustered around raptor pip yeah. he walks back around and then as soon as that happens like the rest of the team gets engaged onto him like that is really basic and you can't be posturing there when you're ready carry can't do stuff he's going to live steal guys you can't fight no. uh-huh. they got caught out they died um yeah and that's the kind of team fighting instinct and like the knowledge that a play can or cannot be made, yeah, which yeah, yeah. was missing this week. Yeah, it was missing this week in the team fights. It was, it was also, missing. It's also bluntly when Arya has a quiet game was put behind him, frankly, he ended 1-4-1 and, one and was permanently at one-third HP because he was eating Heimerdinger rockets the entire laning phase. I like want to give credit Chronic. partly more to Gang for actually shutting down Arya. Oh, yes. Agree. The tempered face was still. He, gang is still. Trundle Pillars Gang ult. Yeah. Trundle Pillars yeah. Gang ult just basically yeah. denied that. And, um, in all fairness, again against Arya, talking about quiet games, apparently Apperman just playing Mordekaiser just is a win button for Sengoku. Apparently just play Mordekaiser against CGA and you just win the game because Arya's out of the fight. <laughs> I'll also say that Apperman basically his jo- like he also had something of the fact that, like okay so CGA heavy team fight comp but the main part of their team fight is this wombo combo top laner Kennen Wukong of those kind of big button ultimates where you just go mm. into the backline and blow people up. What does Mordekaiser do really well? Break that up. Yeah. Anyone that just, wants to just mess up the backline, so you just pull them into the death realm and suddenly it's like well. 
shit. Well, it's realm like, of death, fight. not death realm. It's realm of death as I learnt today. I was like, what oh. is it actually called? It's realm of death. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the death realm. <laughs> that's, that's I know, weird. but like, League of Legends parlance is death realm. So I'm sticking with it. You're I, right. I but, agree but with like, you. I agree. Um, I was going to say something. What was I going to say? Gango and Grendel Oh, so the big thing about the DFM game is that, oh, yeah. um, so you know this is the whole, like, the blue side, red side problem. Um, yes. DFM, five banned mid, and then had counter pick, yeah. last pick, mid lane, mm-hmm. and it worked out really well for yeah. DFM. Um, yeah. Even then, I think Arya was in a position where if his team had played better, would have been in a position to maybe team fight. There are two plays in particular. There's one, but they're both really awkward plays in mid lane where Arya dies on an engage onto the Heimendinger, which is it can do. And there's one where Unica is just not in position at the right time. He's char- mm-hmm. charging his hat flash like a second or two late and he mm-hmm. doesn't make it into mid to follow up on the play. And then all of the rockets land onto Arya and just dies. So that's one big thing. So I'm like, okay, that's, dis- that's miscommunication it's... between teammates. And there's like, okay, there's another one where like he goes one for one yeah. and like, hmm. Really, if he ends up living in those, it's pretty big for the team fight because he gets extra CDR because he completes his Nash's too thoroughly. Mm, yeah, yeah. Stuff. And like, and like, it's so like, yeah. okay, don't get me wrong, he got caught out a lot, and a lot of it is still on him. I do think it's more of a coordination thing, and that's kind of shared on the opportunity thing, on on the burden rather, um, in terms of responsibility. So, yeah, yeah. the caveat is, yeah. I don't, I, okay, this is very, this is the low end <laughs> of the variance of CGA. I don't think. <laughs> This is. I don't think this is like warning signs for CJ. I'm more like, okay, yeah. it's a bad week, but whatever. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I would. Can I add two warning signs that I have spotted though? Sure, go on, go on, yeah. So one, this team doesn't play Karma. They ban it blue side every time. They have not played it once this time. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, that but, blue side um, is weird. But... So the fact that they won't put it, they won't put it bot, and Aria doesn't want to play it, is problematic for this squad, particularly on blue side. But then Second DFM thing. were also banning Karma blue side, so what the fuck's yeah. going on? Well, mainly because they want a first pick set. The first pick set in the LJL is part of the reason people are doing that, because they want a flex a set, which is something. Yeah. But either way, the fact that they haven't played it at all either worries me a little, whereas, you know, like, V3 are at least, like, flexing it top. Um, Number two. The second, yeah, second thing is that we kind of saw with that DFM particularly, five-man ban mid, and you're on red side, so mm-hmm. at that point, Arya can't get counter pick. Um is something of a problem if Arya can't get a matchup where he has the straight counter pick sometimes find that's not always a guarantee loss don't get me wrong but they look more weak when that happens sure um and i think that sometimes ties in a little bit with um so just emphasizing of... what alex said like it's really yeah, important exactly. to try and like just prevent yeah. Arya from doing there's... what he wants to do yeah there's actually another reason blue side's bad for CGA2. Much easier okay. to dive bot lane from blue side. Because mm-hmm. um, you have that one. Point. So there's tri brush, and then there's that one brush like a little bit further up. Um, and you have the blast cone over to that point, which is really important. Mm-hmm. So Gango gets caught out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And bot la- their bot lane really suffers on blue side. In fact, actually, the game where they lost against V3 at the start of the split when they were put onto weak side was, was blue partly side due to them being blue side bot weak side as well. Really yeah, awkward. yeah. So just in terms of geography, and again, I kind of bring this up with a couple of champions, but it's specifically towards bot lane, being on weak side and blue side, really kind of crappy. Yeah. And CGA do not deal with it well. Can so red side, question, like they said, I, I expect them to do well, or at least th- I expect them to maybe 3-2 the first two series if they go into playoffs, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. I mean, are CGA, well, is Aria specifically, we meant, well, actually, Alex, you mentioned this earlier, arts mm. in ELO hell. Is Aria actually just in ELO hell? Is his team just don't. that much worse than where he's playing? He's the best mm. player on his team. 
that he's back went not an elo hell nap's actually very good um but he's not a he's not always a carry i think it's more like a disconnection of parts rather than the parts not being sufficient but where do you I, think I, do, where do you think okay. well, i mean then it comes where do you rank your table jungle he's not a liability the pro and that well, right, the, the, the problem is, is it's just that they, play, they played against two top teams this week mm -hmm. and they were exposed mm -hmm. i did not like they were completely shut out no the game against angoku was actually relatively even do you know where i'm going bit. with this sure are we going to be keeping aria if he's in elo hell that's where oh, you no. knew it was coming because yeah. if he's oh, not no. got the <laughs> best people in their role i think nap is fine i don't think that's going to be a question but is he gonna hang around Depends on the Question. money. Genuinely Question. depends on the money. And, and where he's going, and if it's a guaranteed oh, also, world spot and everything else. And yeah. That's a big thing. Also, yeah. if, if you're you go going to Korean Challenger where there's no chance of world's worth, there's a slim chance of world in the LJL, particularly if, say, someone like, I don't know, who's who's got room for a Korean import slot. I don't know, it's one of the DFM guys is getting, I think Gang's getting uh, residency. Yeah, fantasy. but then that's Maybe, also say, serious. DFM shall up money. Yeah, it, that would be huge. Actually. That kind of I mean, thing, that's you know, what we said room, that. then. We said that in our split break, the split break between splits, but yeah, potentially with DFM getting an import slot, they do something weird with their roster, I don't know. I mean, loyalty to roster is a really big Huge thing, thing for a lot of Korean players, but also the LGL does handshake between players quite a lot. Well, yeah. unless you're Cyrus and Utapon, and then you're... Yeah, they, uh, sure, they, yeah, they yeah, just no, never left. left. Uh, but then it, it depends on whether the players who have been... I mean, we, we don't True. have access to the interviews, I guess, but like how long do these guys see themselves playing in the LGL? Anyone, though, listening to us, though, we would love to actually have someone to translate um, those interviews. Um, oh, it yeah. was actually a project I was planning to do, but because the closed caption thing's now getting yes. removed off of YouTube, that whole project I was planning on working on over the summer split, or, or, or actually, over the Worlds and six-month break we'll be getting, I was like, ooh, this will be something good to at least try and get someone in. Uh, now we're going to have to do it all in-house, which mm. is just uh, fucking annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're not sure what that I'm talking about, if you want us to do that. <laughs> YouTube are basically shutting down their um, creator closed see. caption service, which is just really annoying and it's really frustrating because any content that we did, if people wanted to listen in Japanese and someone just literally wanted to closed caption us, it, it's going away unless we bring it all in house. And it's a whole thing. I digress yeah. though. CGA, hopefully, they're not fully solved. Hopefully the team stays as a unit and they could at least get definitely to round three. I think that's a good place to put it, Alex. Yeah, I, th I, I just, I'm just worried that if V3 or Sengoku jump down from that upper bracket, which of course one of them will do, and yeah. they go against CGA with side choice three out of the five oh, games, yeah. and they're both teams which have shown ways to beat this team, mm -hmm. I they'd have to step it up a notch and cj are a high variance team maybe they do it it's not likely for me but i think round three is maybe likely we'll see we will see our second place team who who honestly i didn't think we're actually gonna get second place in all fairness huh? they had a 2-0 week yep i thought they'd at least be fa facing for the tiebreaker for second place that would be the big poggers like tiebreaker match we didn't get it because sengoku just went 2-0 Credit to them, as we've already mentioned, they beat Crest Gaming Act in this week. Ah, but you know what? That's not even the impressive one. Hilariously, I'm saying that. V3, they beat <laughs> V3 Esports. They gave V3 their second loss, their second only 
lost. The other one was the Chris Gaming Act, who we've mentioned, have the potential to beat everybody in the world, but also could just lose Ooh, to anybody. Lose to in absolutely the world. nobody. Hey! They could lose to an <laughs> academy, nobody's. like NA Academy team of randomers, and they'd be like, yep. yeah, that makes sense. They could also just beat Gen G or Top Esports. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? Anything's fucking yeah. possible. But you might think about- that's an overstatement, honestly. Maybe. You can't they they are out. genuinely sometimes that good and that bad at yeah. the same time. But we're talking about Sengoku Gaming. Sengoku beat both Crest Gaming Act and V3 Esports. Now, the V3 e- Esports is going to be a huge one because of what that means for playoffs. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that more probably on the V3 side of things yes. upon reflection. Mm-hmm. But, my God, gentlemen... Sengoku feel like they're back to where they were a few weeks earlier before Super Week. Week 4 Sengoku is where we had them pegged, where we were like, yeah, tied second place. This is where they feel about right. Now they feel great now. They really do. Yeah, completely agree. Sengoku are in a... I can tell you're both interesting stats. You're both like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, I was looking at the stats, but it's fine. I'll, I'll take this on for a minute. So we had a 2-0 from Sengoku Gaming after they had the 2-2... Two and two, um, Super week yep. where they looked really off. Well, they lost frankly. to Axis um, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, they lost to Axis. You know, um, convincingly um, so. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and it was like, and much like this week, we saw Crest Gaming Axe flaws come back bite them in Super Week. We saw what happens if Sengoku's mid jungle mm. end up in a place where they can't impact the rest of the map. Appleman's left out to dry. He gets caught out in one v Xs. The mid, like Pyrian just ends up not being able to play control mages because they're dying all the time. Yada yada yada. Um. This week was much better again from Sengoku Gaming. Um, All members. Yeah, yeah. genuinely. Yutori Mayashi stepped up for the first time in a while. He really did. His Jin was pretty stellar. And it's been a while since we've seen Sengoku Gaming index into their bot lane being their carry. carry. Mm -hmm. Um, And Blank had... uh, Well, the fact that he went against Boogie and made Boogie's life hell is fantastic news. Felt good, man. Just like... Oh, really yeah. good. And also, Pyrian, it was it was blank and Pyrian in that game. You know, had, he had a fabulous game where he was 6-1-3 and three on the Zoe, which did a lot of damn work. They got 8-2-3 and three on the Graves, which, again, did a lot of damn work. So, and what I credit where credit's due. about the Sengoku lineups between their two games, they played the same bot lane, but they played very different. Three, Their mid-jungle top was very different in how they wanted to execute certain yep, fights. Um, and it was really nice to see that they can be like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can just throw Yutori and Enti on the same ship. They can play other things. We all know they can play other things. We're going to just let them, like, just school you fuckers on how to do this. And we're going to play completely two different things. So you have no idea to prepare because we already know that they're probably going to win in the bot lane because we're comfortable. Because it's all, in all fairness, they might have just gone, we think we're going to win this. How they did the pick and ban phase, they they prioritized getting blank, Pyrian, and Appermen their picks over that especially upper men remember they were literally they last picked in that mordekaiser and it That's worked a big out thing for me. beautifully because last podcast i oh yeah raised we a question you. about yutoramiyashi and upper men mm-hmm. both of them mm-hmm. had really good weeks really really good weeks. yeah they did um did we've talked about Appleman's champion pool we have we did also say if there was a formula to beat sengoku it's to get Appleman into a disc uncomfortable position Neither mm. of these teams managed to do that. No. Neither of these teams I mean, managed like, to do that. V3 tried to put the Aatrox behind early with the Camille, got a great trade early on. They then went one for one in the dive and Appleman survived. Mm-hmm. Camille teleports boss, loses waves, comes back under level. That was really well played is, by Pyrrhus. And then gets killed solo under turret by the Aatrox. Like, 
the fact that you know part, that was great a great play oh, from Men who plays yeah. a lot of good who plays a lot of Aatrox don't get me wrong but they also you know um, for me it was sort of saying like him. I yeah. well yeah well not just that I've actually I've also said you know actually historically Paz has been a pretty good Camille player but yes. there's also something to be said for I, I have been asking Paz to take some of the pressure off the bot side to be the one performing and be a little bit more of a of a mm. of a split push threat you sure that wasn't a, that wasn't a good look for V3 in that game it wasn't and honestly, um, I thought that draft against V3, uh, that V3 draft would be really good against Aphamem because drafting someone like a Kha'Zix into Aphamem, he was always isolated. Kha'Zix should normally work. They pulled it off once that game. It just didn't matter for the rest of it. Didn't matter for the and rest yeah, of it. And, they, and when they pulled it off, it wasn't clean. And then against the Chris Gaming Act, who we started talking about from Chris Gaming Act's yep. side, Aphamem on this Mordekaiser just removed Arya or Nap from basically every team yep. fight. Um, Pyrian mm -hmm. playing this set was landing like two, three-man face breakers. Oh, he was so his team good. fights were really, really good. And Yutori Muashi, yeah. something we said on cast, and then we came when we have our post-game, we talk about it. His curtain call ultimates were night and day different between how we've seen him play it in Super Week to this, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to set up a point yep. there, and I thought one of you might take it other than just agreeing with me. All right, I'm the best. Uh, I can just keep saying, I'm right. I'm the best. Look at me. Yeah. No, I, I mean, agree. Like I think, yeah. yeah. No, no. Uh, Utori's curtain calls in Super Week were kind of shit. Yeah. So this was but, a yeah. good difference there. I'll yeah. agree with that. Uh, uh, you can you can come back to stage now, Utori Mashi. You've not been you've been you're back on the globe. Shakespeare, <laughs> crap, all of that. Kind of he took a fair few uh, weeks off. Oh, to, to be honest, most <laughs> of this summer, right? Well, yeah. I mean, but but what I will add is actually just a, like we said, there were some caveats for DFM's victory, good victories, but they were against say um, Rascal Jesters. Not a good one of those victories. Like that's the one's going to come with a caveat. For the for this week, Sengoku Gaming beat V3 and CGA, hmm. their direct competition, who was above them in the stand. Also, like, I think that's a huge good thing for me is like, particularly against V3, they beat our best bot lane in the league, and they did it like I mean, Reiner mm -hmm. in particular, like our best support. Yeah, in the league. he looked he yeah he looked way out of his depth in that game. He was getting caught out a lot by NT by um, Yusori and that's really big. You know, if you can punish a player of that caliber, I have hopes for Sengoku in playoffs. Like mm -hmm. it's it is competitive. This yeah. I don't think this is going to be one sided. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. V3 banned the Bard, and then they didn't prioritize yep. Reiner at all. And then second round of bans, they banned that Leona... Well, they banned Leona... Actually, no, it was first round bans. They banned Leona Thresh, mm. and the Bard was banned. V3, I mean, Reiner, we've seen him play a lot. Um, something we they also banned was that set on V3 side, which was a, mm -hmm. which has been one of his best champions in all fairness. So I'm a little yeah. bit worried that maybe V3 neutered their own pick potential. Just because oh. first pick sets a thing. Yeah, well, I know. Can't I don't well. disagree with you on that. But... Yeah, but I agree. Yeah. It's it's that, that unfortunate collateral damage. Mm. Yeah. Also, you've got to ask, actually, I'll just put this right out there for Reiner. He's not actually played all that many champions. He's played seven games of Get Fresh and three games of set, which he's looked absolutely stunning on. Mm. But like, does he not play Bard? Like, actually, no, he's not played Bard. He's played one game of Yumi. Uh, he's played one game of Tarnkamp and two games of North. Interesting. Well, Jeez. there we go. I thought he had played so, like, a game of Bard, so that, that makes sense. No, my... he hasn't. So, like, mm. so that's the kind no, of thing right. where I was saying, actually, right. he's played a couple Hook champions in a set. So, actually, that's quite heavy playmaking engaged, engaged yeah. champions. It's not necessarily like Alistair kind of engage. It's a little bit more throwaway. But we saw Proud do yeah. that to great success, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. But like, is there is Proud something about than Reiner. It, it, yeah. Well, the, the question is actually, well, what happens if you take Thresh and Set away from Reiner, yeah. and like, or, or, or you make those champions less attractive to go towards? Is there is there an issue? 
I don't know whether yeah. actually because he's so good at those champions, and but uh, also like, but there are other things you want to ban out. But just saying, maybe that's a concern. Definitely could. No be. karma. No, no karma. You know, no karma. No, yeah. no karma. No bard. No, we like where are the range supports we were expecting? Well, I think that's because honestly, I would much prefer them to put. Ace on Karma, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I really prefer Reiner on a playmaking support. Mm -hmm. Karma is not that. And yeah. actually, you have two very competent players in your solo laners, which it buffs up their laning phase and allows them to team fight because this is a team fighting team. Okay. We'll talk about it more from their side, I guess, when we. I guess I just want to cap, out, cap off Sengoku myself. Um, I think that. Well, let me go back to the scoreboards. I mean, NT had I a think... pretty strong initiation on this Nautilus. Mm, it looks very underwhelming, okay. only going 211 and 28. But this is Nautilus. Your whole job half the time is just getting into the middle of the team, being a nuisance, using your passive to stun people, and, and then hopefully not dying. And he did a lot of that not dying twice. <laughs> Especially, I think it was who? Which game was it? It was the the Crest Gaming Act game. He fucking should have died. He went down to like ten HP <laughs> and just walked off. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right. Oh, and the Baron right. fight. Yeah. Oh, that, was that CTA? Oh, Inches. Was that CTA? Yeah. I think it was right. I think it was, yeah, because it was at the Baron fight when he just ults out and just just walked. Oh, yes, it was damn. so good. Damn. It was so good. I, I, I actually, I, I, I think there are some caveats, but I think that Sengoku might be. The most varied team in terms of the drafts that they can play in totality. I actually, off the top of my head, I think I agree mm. with you. I think that Utori I... plays a fair, fairly varied amount. NT, I mean, I, when you're comparing it to someone like V3 who okay. does have some hamstrings, let me, let me in do, there. Let me CJ, we know has hamstrings in there. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. left with like, and Burning Core has hamstrings because they need wants on certain things. You're kind of left with like Hawks DFM, DFM again hamstringed in mid lane, and potentially on. A couple is other it, Is it only the Hawks? <laughs> it's basically between Hawks so, and, the Sen and Sengoku. I'm like, yeah. hey, actually, I know that Apperman's got a relatively low champion pool, but again, mm -hmm. he's starting to expand. He's played some Camille to split, played some Mordekaiser, and honestly, like, that's a fair. It's all right. Yeah. Pyrian has been one of our most varied mid laners, and yeah, that's particularly playing that because also we know that like Arya, great champion pool, but yep. also doesn't play tanks like set mid. Doesn't that's play Karma. Oh, Pyrian will play both. I'll I'll put the caveat out for Pyrian that like. There's a particular style of champion he goes towards largely, which is he does like his like um, his control mage type thing. But there is a but that's comforting us. Like, again, he, like, he, he does play the silence, he does play the set. Yeah, he does have some diametric opposed champions to that, which is enough for a draft phase for them to pivot. Yes. And I think that they pivot better than any team. I'd agree and with I that. In the ba in the pick sort... and ban phase, yeah, they play the yeah. they they rarely fuck up their they're banning up phase because if which they makes yeah, me up there. yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't mind. As okay. I, I don't care if they're on red side or blue side. I think that they can counterpick for any lane. I think yeah. any of their players I mean, is happy I'll, being given counterpick. I I'll think that's say a really the, big thing for Sengoku. I'll say that mm. Utori does not play mage. That's a true, and that is a big thing that we mm. that in general just and needs to be more open. Archer but in, in lane all fairness, then, only Utopon no, dots, and uh, he, only plays, set, he only plays set. He only plays Syndra. He only played Syndra, you yeah, did. As far as, yeah, exactly. Gango plays a good cat too. Sure. Like, we don't have any major spot in general so like, in this region. So, so, like, so there's like. Yeah. That is, but that's like, worth to criticize, though, yeah. I think. That's yeah, yeah, fair. Because exactly. that's how and you like, go and for the next level, yeah. right? So I kind of agree with Nightmare, and actually, pretty much anything that's meta, Sengoku plays within it. With the caveat, there's one or two things from mid and jungle where I go, huh, that's a bit unexpected. Like, we saw the Kane game out of. Uh, Blank that didn't work. Uh, that Silas. was yeah. V3 but we saw, yeah, but we saw the Silas game that did, which you know, like mm. okay, something then. I was like, okay, you know, actually, Pyrian's pulled out the set mid, which is a little bit out there, you know, and like and a Silas mid, which is coming back a little bit, but you know, it's, it's a little bit 
Like, it's Left a bit of the same. I think, like, if you're going to talk about, like, highest champion pool in top lane or the weirdest one, it's probably someone like Cog Cog. Then in jungle, it's someone like Boogie. In mid lane, it's Aria. In bot lane, it's... And in all fairness, I, I just... I was recapping quickly uh, the Sengoku mm. Crest Gaming Act draft. Oh, my yeah. God. I've, I've, I just really got to appreciate how good... Say, uh, Sengoku are at the pick and ban phase. They 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 red side R one set and then R two Jin, and for some reason CGA just went R B one Ash. They could have picked set. They chose not to, and then basically this whole draft, CGA had no idea where this set was going. They then decided at the end on that last pick with that Mordekaiser because they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna go. We're not gonna put it into our bot lane because we're gonna pick Nautilus. They were then CGA respond with Thresh Wukong, and then it's like, mm. haha, Mordekaiser, fuck you, we win. And they just lost. Yeah, they just Sengoku. lost there in that draft. Sengoku had like a triple flex right the way till fifth pick because they still had Set and Silas being able mm -hmm. to be flexed yeah, around. Yeah, it was so sick. It was so yeah. sick by them. Yeah. And honestly... They could have pivoted anywhere with that. Yeah, yeah they, they can pivot anywhere. I mean, in, th in all fairness, they still didn't have to put the Set mid. They could have still they put the Silas mid, Set jungle. Um, I, but yeah, by no. the way around, they actually did play personally. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Because I think that I, honestly, someone like Set Mid, I mean, it reminds me of how teams would try and beat people like Faker back in Season 5. Um, I remember Rock's Tigers would play like. Uh, this was back when Banner Command was super strong. Oh, Banner Command. You'd play Command. Scion. Oh my god. You'd play yeah. like Scion mid, and you'd play him with Banner Command, and you <laughs> couldn't do anything in mid. It just meant that you nullify that lane. Um, playing Set is exactly the same thing in mid lane against yeah. Assassins. Like, you, I think Mages, we saw that with um, Dasha just destroying Yu Gi Oh! Mm. That's fine. But Echo does not have the damage to do that early game to set. He doesn't have the range advantage mm. either in set in melee matchups. It's really strong. In, in some sense, to Karma, it nullifies in a different way. In a different way, yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got more because you can't because Karma you can occasionally burst out. Not with set. <laughs> not with set. <laughs> talking about Karma mid, gentlemen. Should we move over onto our first place team? As Indeed. I was kind of making that transition with a cha a person in the mid lane who loves playing Karma mid, won't get it for a while, uh, might get it after what uh, patch 10.16 is going to bring in, but that's beside the point and that's neither here nor there. Sengoku went 1-1. One and one. This should, in theory, have been a 2-0 week to kind of assert dominance for them and to quell any non-believers that V3 are here. They didn't do that and they had... A loss to Sengoku, which we've already started to cover, but we'll go far more in depth in that. And mm. while they did win versus Burning Core, it wasn't clean by any sense of the imagination. And while we have highlighted once his problems in Burning Core, in all credit, Paz, Boogie played pretty solidly, uh, but there were still yeah. problems around V3. I mean, I'll contest the Burning Core one, because I actually thought that was pretty clean from the mid-jungle in particular, because once mm. got slapped by Boogie. So, like, I will I will put that caveat in, I think. Yuhi had an okay mid-game and stuff, and there were one or two things where Archer and Rhino went a little deep on the set Callista. But mostly, I think, pretty clean. I the, disagree the on Boogie, but we can talk about that in a bit. Oh, uh, but Boogie put once in the dirt, man. Like, no, 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 but he Lee syndromed a lot. He just randomly would just go super deep and die, and it's just like, mate, why are you going that deep? You can't go that deep so, and not... He was, like, sometimes was... trading one for one for no reason. Like, there was the one death on the red buff, which I'll agree with you on. But, like, 
the early path thing into the early first yeah, blood. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he didn't play well. So he good. just died when he shouldn't have been dying. And this is and this, and, and uh, we need to start nitpicking V3 because yeah, this is our first uh, place like, team. I, I, I can I can agree, I'll agree with the first blood death. I don't recall the other two deaths off the top of my head, so I can't comment on those. Sure. So like uh, uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure uh, whether I agree. I'll agree with I'll give you the first death he gave over. It was dumb. Yeah, um, it was dumb. But uh, otherwise, I actually think Boogie broke Burning Callback the way he. Um, and Paz on that Karma was Paz just was so dumb. good. Um, I actually think Karma into Vlad top lane is a really mm. good matchup as well because Vlad can realistically never kill that lane even in late game because you have because you go Athens as magic resist you push him in you have W to heal you can you out DPS him until well most of the game actually. Mm-hmm. Like, also, and all your also items you... are three times as cheap as his. Yeah, so... I know. You go. Oh god, and the best. Oh. It's disgusting yeah. because so, yeah. um, well, so another, so one of the interactions between so Athens has a passive where you're if you have it if you have base mana regen um, on items it gives Athens AP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually a pretty high conversion ratio. Yeah, an item which gives that is Ardent Sensor, which already has relatively high AP and is also very cheap. If you get those two items, it dumb. buffs up the Athens AP, and you get just disgusting amounts of AP for two support items, well, and you go like sub three thousand. Sure, they're both yeah. sub three thousand. Like, so you get that you get yeah. that spike super is early. Is that two thousand six hundred, two thousand four hundred, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it is. That. I think, so I think, I think it's that's a grand total of five thousand. Each of those, yeah. Athens yeah. is two six. Ardent's two four. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll double check. They're dead cheap, so. but like basically, you do that. You have grasp to give yourself even more HP. Athens gives you the um the um. Magic resist two, two like, three hundred for Arden Sensor. That's the one. Yeah. Christ, so cheap. It's like this was like when Protobelt was super super broken because it was just like you get it so early. But like effectively, Vladimir has to be completely poked out under turret, burn pool for stupid stuff, and then Boogie can come up and dive. In fact, I think they did that a couple of times. Mm. Um, just uh, made sure uh, he was held accountable. Uh, um, nice. Sorry, Athens. Mm-hmm. To one hundred, yes. four thousand four hundred for both items. Not even you like. Whereas, like, uh, so, oh, a, so a um, a, just to put that in context, if you were going for a first item Ludens, that's three thousand two hundred. So for one item, you've got like your one item to one and a half items, which is actually better for those champions than Ludens is for yours most of the time. Put that huh. on it, and yeah, yeah, smoke it yeah. up. Um, but yeah, no, I think that um. This kind of so I, I I actually went and vod reviewed CGA V three again mm-hmm. that game that they lost way back when and I think it applies to one of the games this week and again this was in the part thing when we had like your way on stuff like that it was just like a random impromptu thing mm-hmm. and we kind of agreed at the end of it that V three were the better team yeah. than CGA vision control just the setup. draft was not Map set stations. up for them to do anything mm-hmm. I think with Boogie on this Kazix versus Sengoku. He found stuff he probably shouldn't have done oh, anyway. There was 100%. one kill on Tapirian where I was like, wow, this is legitimately, once again, the only thing he can do on his champion in this game. Much like Nidalee ganking very early against CGA in that game where they lost as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, these guys are really good. But sometimes they just don't draft themselves win conditions. And this is kind of what we were saying against DFM. The pr- I think the difference between V3 and DFM is that V3 are just playing better individually as a team than when DFM were in the same kind of situation. Mm. Um... But what this gives me a lot of hope for is that V3, if they do get a good draft, they are looking very, very strong. Yeah. Um, I 
the Sengoku game, though, they were just manhandled. Like, my, it didn't yeah. help that Paz was really outplayed versus yeah. Aphamen, but so, like, I mean, like, at least they brought it back versus Burning Core. The, the problem was that the game snowballed against them with the Sengoku and against them where their win conditions need to be. Because what they wanted to do was have Karzix play around Camille with LeBlanc roaming up, and you basically just, like, split, get the Camille split push ahead with the Ash and Tom Kench holding mid. Because that, that's what that pick does. You hold mid, you can't get through. You just wave clear and keep the Ash. Uh, and you play to your side lane. They, after that kind of dive top lane, went really wrong in a lot of ways. One for one with Paz in an awful position after the teleport bot also went wrong. Their win conditions are done and they had to try and wait till Camille hit three items. Never got yeah. the chance. Yeah, didn't, didn't, um, happen. <laughs> didn't happen. So part of it was failing to play to the win conditions. Part of it was, um, I also wonder whether V3 might run into issues if they don't get have high priority bot lanes um i agree with that one i think that v3 are not great playing from behind unless they have thrush and even then like we saw i mean when i know when we went back to vod review their other loss right where where it was the it was callista thresh Mm. but it was against uh a lane which they kind of lost because of range discrepancies was was that jin jin set jin set something like yeah and it was just sort of like okay so that being um, said, I think that with Caitlyn and Meta, Caitlyn Morg, that's like a playmaker for Reiner if we come into mm-hmm. pre, like later patches. Caitlyn, yes. very high priority. Potentially, that's really good for V3. Yeah, all I, you know, but the thing is, actually, you know, Archer has loved Callista. He's been, you know, he's played, he's, he was loving it over spring. He was, lo- he's been loving it over summer. Aphelios and Callista, he's played four times each. He's added a four games of Ashen on top. Um, those two champions, particularly Aphelios and Callista kind of falling off pretty hard. I mean, you can get away with Callista into certain drafts, but there are a lot of things that outrange her and beat her early in lane, which means Callista's just less valuable. Um, um, I know that there is a prevailing opinion amongst certain people that says that if Callista isn't the strongest champion in lane in meta, you can't pick her. Because, I know, like, yeah. it's very hard to, like, justify that pick otherwise. She can't lane versus Ash. that's another one too, because if the volley hits you, the... the uh, the slow dropping your attack speed means you just don't get to trade ever. I want to... I agree with you on this. I kind of want to pivot mm. the conversation a little bit into a different direction to just kind of yes, see right. where you guys think of this. Mm. Moving forward, is V3 going to potentially have a coach difference problem? As we're seeing some of the teams Maybe. really level up. I mean, there's Karen on Sengoku. We've got On Air now for DFM. Mm. Crest Gaming yeah, Act haven't currently got anybody of super super that says a lot super but then that kind of explains things right i mean grendel has now moved into the position of the house manager so that that's where that's gone um did he have one coach i think yeah but how important is he in comparison to some of these other coaches uh they've got uh cure cure q Q. Q? I don't know. The, the Japanese O's. He's been, he's been with Crest since 2017 and he was on DFM. Yeah, give me, give me um, um, they've got Academy a few team, former but... coaches and stuff, but that's passed. Mm. V3 have had a long time coach on their side, and I'm just wondering now that we're seeing also the Hawks buy into coaching stuff. They've got three coaches now, the Hawks. And the Sengoku have a mental coach and everything else. Like, they're inve- like these are teams that are investing into mm. it. I just get a little bit worried are we starting to see small cracks where you know what this is an easy problem to patch up by just bringing in people that one work Look with the, the team uh, yeah, well, the, the talks are already seeing night and day difference and uh, mm. i'm just a little i'm just wondering is this something that is non-tangible that should maybe be looked at there's a good point to be made there 
Mm. I think I agree with you. I think you've hit on something really big there. I think that CGA rely on some... I know you say that they're a very face-up drafting team. I think that they basically rely on Arya at fifth pick, looking at the whole draft, saying, I want to play this. Yeah. Or or occasionally, Uh, like, relying on the mechanical... Or, like, the the mechanical prowess of Gango to say, okay, and now we can flex Cassiopeia bottom Callista mid. Sure. Like, well, like, that's how you flex is basically by pulling out... And that just shells in the background. On the other side of it, you... I get to see Nap in in a rocking chair just with a pipe just going, just (laughs) give me whatever and I will win lane, lads. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. Old man (laughs) Nap is here because he's been in the LGL for so long. So I'm just kind of like, just give him anything. He'll figure it out. Or, or it was sort of like Arya there on this big back chair with the yeah, cat yeah, like, no, You'll come to you'll come to me at fifth pick on red side and ask to me ask me to find a cow draft. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then you've got poor you ask me to play Callista mid. Like yeah, that's got- the thing, man. The thing is, I like I can't. I agree it's not great for CGA, but having a guy that can always save a draft on fifth pick red side is huge. It's and great. Like, and yeah, so. And, and, like, and AD carry that will play, or play Ka- so, Cassie Pierce. Like, so I think it, it, it is an issue. I don't think it's one which doesn't have any solutions to it. It's just a flimsy solution. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, whereas with someone like... I want to get, uh, like like get a soundbite. Uh, let me yeah. get a soundbite. If V3 and CGA don't win or come even in play- or don't look strong in playoffs in spring split, this is why. No good coaching staff. Getting the soundbite here yeah. because that could be something come spring where they look they're like fifth, fourth, fifth pick team. I'm just like called it, and if it and if it works out, fuck it, I'm wrong. I'm more, I'm okay yeah. with being wrong. I'll, I'll also put it out there that this is you know the V3's losses have been one was kind of draft the, the weird the weird draft thing they went for. The second one as well is actually yeah. makes sense if you're wanting to play around your side. Then LeBlanc in one, Camille in another, one three one with Ash and. Tom Kent no, that's why it's a bigger up. loss for me. That's mm. why it's but a bigger loss exa- for me. Actually, but that, I don't think they were the better team. Yeah, and that's my, my point is actually mm. coaching staff comes in big time when you are trying to learn a new style. 100%. Because yep. there's, there's actually certain things that your team can do naturally because how your team plays and there's like you know, the natural rhythms. Trying to do something that is new and you've got to pick things up unless you are just a very... One of those teams which just ends up, which just comes together in the right kind of Mad brilliant Lions. madness. Yeah. Mad Lions. G2 Rocks last Tigers. year. You know, where you actually, there is a certain amount of actually, sometimes the coach is there just to facilitate the brilliance of the players yep. and like JDG. facilitate conversation. Yeah. JDG. I think or, the Rocks Tigers back in 2015 16. Sports, yeah. yeah. And like that, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I will say Rocks potentially actually did have like, they had Zephyr, who's a brilliant coach. So I'll add a little bit of something in there as well. I just know that a lot uh, of their wacky picks were player oriented, not. Oh, player okay, but that, that's okay. That's well, in that case, I take it back. So, like, uh, that, so um, I know that um, Gorilla came up with MF support. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And oh, I, know, I like, remember Gorilla... actually seeing that on a Bay documentary. I think mm-hmm. he referenced yep. that. So uh... yeah, it was a huge pick. It was a, such yeah. a huge thing. And also yeah, like stuff that? like Lux support. He played Lux support as a counter to to um, stuff yeah. like um, way back out of meta as well. That's right. Um, yeah. So, so so like there Great is team. something Great yeah, all, yeah all, similar something. sort of to yeah similar sort of to like G two in their prime. It's like okay, we're gonna run uh, Zoe Bard bot and just outplay you come level six. Like what? Yeah. Like who preps against that? Like that kind no of one. thing. Uh, yeah, FPX like, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, <laughs> well, except they didn't do so, that in the finals. So <laughs> might have been yeah. the problem. There we go. We figured yeah. it out. Why are you yeah. can't win a fucking okay. world well, championship? But like my qu- my question here is that like for V three. 
that's clearly not quite the case where they don't have that same level of innate like there is some they have some things they do incredibly well yep. when they try to broaden that out to a very different style namely mid, you know, mid 2v2 you know like bot lane holds mid jungler plays around the side lanes looking to 131 mm-hmm. didn't look very good. yeah I, I as much as i like aces leblanc in isolation i don't think the team played well around it, it in nope. these two games this week no um yeah, and like I was saying, like in that CJ loss, kind of V3 with a better team. This game, I feel like Sengoku beat them Fair and with square. a lot of different comfort picks for V3, because obviously Boogie's been playing well in the Kha'Zix, and like you said, the draft kind of makes sense. Ash, Tom Kench, pretty safe in the bot lane. Um, and now that raises a lot of questions going on towards like the best of five we'll see between these two teams, because I'm like... Mm. We know Sengoku can pivot into drafts and counters and try and, and with the coach diff, as you've been saying, right, potentially get themselves a winning mm-hmm. draft. But if they are playing relatively even and showing that they, as long as they have, even if they have an even draft, they can outplay, mm. suddenly this is a really, really interesting best of five to look forward yeah. to. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to call it right now if you ask me. I, I, I mean, I'll, I I'll wouldn't put, either. No. I'll, I'll put this out, though, that I will also say, actually, as for much as we're saying, oh, V3, not sure what's happening there versus Sengoku Gaming. I want to give some serious credit to Sengoku Gaming as well. Oh, particularly that, they for their first, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Five, so why is the wobble? Sengoku played really yeah. well. Because actually, their first five, ten minutes were brilliant the way they responded. The top lane dive blanks invade onto the Kha'Zix to make sure the Kha'Zix couldn't get the right items early Pyrian's enough. Rotations, all of those things. So we, yeah, Pyrian's rotations on the state. Like, all of those things where you go, actually... For all that we had some issues with how V3 played, particularly the mid-game, the answers that Sengoku had to the early plans from V3 were also really strong. So credit where it's due. Some of it's actually also V3 having their plans really scuppered early. And we've seen that haunt V3 in the past. And realise... Is their adaptability for the first 5-10 minutes can be a bit shaky. Yeah, and realise this is also us nitpicking V3 at this oh, point. Yeah, yeah. Because this Kinda is where to, we though. have to, because we need to nitpick them. Because if they're, they're our 12-2 and two team, we would like them if they keep playing at their best, to represent us to some point. Unless CGA get yeah. there and you're Nymera. Um, Variants, baby. <laughs> <laughs> ride or die! Ride or <laughs> die! Um, uh, Root yeah, stage or death. <laughs> like, why have you got a rosary on, Alex? Why is that little picture of Ida, like Arya and just lock it on your... Ride or die! Well, why, is there a, why is this like mask that you've, of Arya's face placed on your Arya Alex, statue? Why What's are you going on? blood into a goblet? <laughs> Domenu, deradu, domenu. Anyway, gentlemen, that will will round us out of Uh, our week seven recap. We have got, I will quickly recap for our listeners. In sixth place, we have Burning Core. In tied fourth place, which is our next topic, Detonation Focus Me and the Fukuoka Softbank Hawks Gaming. Uh, Third place is Crest Gaming Act, who will have top seed out of going into round three. Important to note. Um... Which means they might just get straight to round three. Um, And then we have our first and second place teams will be in our gauntlet match. Um, And that will be Sengoku Gaming in second place. Mm. And V3 with side selection. Which will be important for that first game. Gentlemen, in only a few hours, me and Initialize will be covering... Detonation Focus Me facing off against the Fukuoka Softbank Hawks Gaming. I'm going to just keep referring to the Hawks moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a best of one. This will decide who gets side selection versus either the loser or, well, the, whoever uh, Chris Gaming don't want to play. This is a lot to play for because they could genu- genuinely play a yeah. repeat of this best of one well, in a best of five scenario 
But the winner of this best of one has side selection. Well, the, also, the, bluntly, the winner uh, avoids CGA in the first round. Like, also you, huge. Yeah, like, that's the thing, is actually, then you, because CGA choose between the fifth and sixth place, which I kind of forgot to mention on broadcast. Mm, really bad yeah. about that. Um, but that also means you avoid CJ in the first round, and maybe CJ fall out because they're variants. You don't really like facing CJ in, in a best of five because they're just so bloody bizarre and you have no idea what's going to turn up. No, it's 50-50. Are they going to win or lose? I mean, in a best of five. I like, they could go 0-3. Like, they could 3-0. They could also go 2-2, two, yeah. two, and then it's a coin flip at the end. Yeah, Who that's knows? a big one. It's the thing. Yeah. Like, so um, that is a huge thing. I, I, this is also why I'm saying like either of these teams, even if they win the first round, have to go against CGA with side selection if they win their round and stuff like that. Like That is important, but still, having side selection... In a best of five versus the team. Honestly, I think the, the the round one teams, the four we've got grouped between third and sixth, are relatively closely matched. They I are. think we could definitely see two, three, uh, five game series. We could definitely see that. Maybe. Um, Maybe. So this tiebreaker could change the entire flavor of playoffs. Could do. So, as we're on the podcast, I'll be doing this live as I normally do. But let's just rip off this band aid now, gentlemen. It's a best of one, so we might be seeing some spicy tech here from both teams. Cyros might play LeBlanc for the first time. We just don't know! Play fucking LeBlanc or Zoe, Cyros! Please fix your draft, EFM! Please! God damn it! It's, I'm, I'm just memeing now at this point because it doesn't matter yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah. who's winning? Initialize. So, uh, right. If, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this straight out. Can't if it's week seven... If it's week 7 DFM, they crush it. If it's super weak DFM, they crush it in reverse and lose. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that okay. one big factor Wait is that um, the Hawks have a quicker average game time, so we'll have side selection as far as I am aware. Uh, I believed DFM had that because of the what the wiki was telling me, but the wiki has been wrong in that in the past. So you might, it might be a quick, I think I've, it's a quicker average t game time against each other, possibly. Maybe, I thought it was average. Oh, it might be average win time. Anyway, so... Yeah. Oh, okay, if DFM... I thought, I, thought, I thought the Hawks had basically the fastest games full stop this season. They they were doing stupid. Yeah, well, they lost... It's, 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 they win, they win they fast, win fast lose they fast. lose fast. Yeah. yeah. Which works for them perfectly, because if they get into a tiebreaker, maybe they're always planning for it, right? They're just like, we just get... Guys, guys, get let's just get to it, and if we win fast, great. If we lose fast, great. We'll win tiebreakers, great. Um... Um... I can't find that. I'm I, you DFM, know what I was. But... You know what I was saying last mm. podcast episode about how DFM work well with known quantities, and the Hawks are potentially not that because of their huge changes due to coaching staff. Mm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Hawks. Okay. Actually, I it's it's a risky one. I think that I'm gonna stick by what I said in that last podcast episode, and it is dangerous because DFM looked really good this week, and Hawks looked good. Yeah. But they, they were looked, less exciting. Well, I I mean the statement that I put. DFM are a return to form, but I'm still hesitant to say it's a true yeah. return to yeah. form because this split's not been good, man. It's really well. It's yeah. not been, and I'm interested in your point of view. Initialize where we're currently okay. sitting with DFM coming into this match. So, if I take the last week of play as what we're going to get, and I'm hoping that's true, mm -hmm. um, then I think I favour DFM. Okay. But that said, you know, Hawks have been looking better. We have seen DFM falter before, uh, mm -hmm. especially the split. So, like, me saying they'll win, it's like, whereas before it would have been, like, 90% chance DFM yeah, wins. Oh, oh, yeah. If this like, this time I favoured them, yeah, but, it, but it's, not, it's not as sold as it would have been. Yeah. Um, I 
part of the reason for it is I think the fact that Ebby and Steel looked so much better. Mm. So much better in that. Gives me a lot of faith versus Aramek, who is still an issue in weak side. Because actually, it was only a week ago that um, that guy was getting dived under his tier 2 and dying in awful fashion on Karma of all chance. Sure. So, I Yeah. I give it to DFM, but that's not to say like I could still see Hawk. I believe so. DFM will have side selection because in the game they won in the head-to-head. -head. They won in 26 minutes, whereas when the Hawks won on the repeat round, so first round, Detonation Focus Me destroyed them in 26 mm -hmm. minutes. Second time round, 34 minutes. Sen uh, oh, wait, no, that's Sengoku. Uh, I got the wrong one. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it begins with S. Uh, continue. Keep filling for me, please. Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I'm pretty sure that DFM do have side choice, given what the uh, the official Twitter has been putting out too. Just that they've been putting it in order. Normally, the team on the left hand side has that. Sure. Um, mm. Yeah, and that I, I think that in this uh, matchup it matters less. I think it's mainly just a CJ thing where I'm like, oh yeah, blue side's really bad for yeah, CJ so, right now, just because the way they draft. Sure. Um, uh, Hawks won in 35. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Still, almost I, I like think, a nine minute yeah. disparity. So that makes sense why DFM will have side selection. My problem is, again, like, my, one of my problems now is that if DFM are going to play... Well, mm, it's an interesting thing, because if you go blue side, you can't draft Camille but Galio, which is huge for stomping top and a huge combo in general around the Asian regions right now, because I know PCS, VCS are just loving that. Mm -hmm. um, if you Maybe you take red side and try and snap it up in one and give up yep. some, like, a set first pick. But no, Also, but also the, avoid Dash and getting counter pick. The Hawks mm -hmm. don't play much of set. They've only played set once, and yeah. that was for Poo. Yeah, maybe you just ban out one. Maybe you ban out Galio then as as the Hawks and just yeah. like, unless you want to bait it in and you've got something prepared for it. Maybe that's something that the coaches do. I think if DFM are crutching on it, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think that I I think the gonna... Hawks are enough of a no, unknown quantity to really rattle DFM. I'm sorry, initialize. I'm gonna actually that's have to agree with Nymera. I think it's, it's close. I think it's like sixty forty. Oh, it I, I, it's not. It's closer than that for me. It's forty five, fifty five. Yeah, I'm. Very slightly leaning, and it's honestly coach is the co the new coach is yeah, coming in. I know we're against on air, so it's it's uncharted waters. But really I, difficult I, I really just think the coaches, from what we saw of week seven and super week, I'm kind of like uh, maybe the Hawks just have a minor expectation, like you've said, a nightmare, and partly initialized with that unknown quantity. Yeah. yeah unknown to like the hawks are now starting to bring out random drafts they're doing things a bit more they're doing things smarter they're varied which you is know, yeah. it's like we were talking about how sengoku and maybe the hawks and dfm are the most varied teams are drafting the hawks mm. have only started doing that recently and that's really dangerous because well, it used to always be rascal jester R.I.P. yeah like so like uh, well, yeah I'm, I'm basically going off recent form and i'm still giving fair. it giving it to dfm but that I, that said i understand that the variance could be problematic then again beginning of split no it's beginning of spring split no one knew anything and dfm were crushing then uh, so like it's but they were also no, just better than true. everybody else at that point yeah, also true um and they were also a known quantity and they had played two splits i think with this full roster actually no they had done three four splits they had done two years with this full roster in my mm -hmm. from my understanding yeah, gang yeah, yeah. was their newest player it's, it's more, more through uh, other, other other rosters steel being unknown quantities but yeah yeah, still was their newest player, and that was two years ago. So, like, they've got that mm. thing, and that definitely will also be an important part, because obviously only three members of the Hawks have played e with each other a lot. Honey and Pooh, they're still on their rookie year in in yeah. Professional League of Legends, so they're not rookie split, but rookie year still. Definitely could come into it. 
One for DFM, two for the Hawks, but we, we're very tentative on our... It's close. Yeah. It's close. We're Again, very... as much as we think it's difficult for DFM to deal with an unknown quantity, per well, at least that's what I'm saying, Yeah. Uh, it's obviously really hard for us to predict because that unknown quantity is unknown. <laughs> yes. That's the nature of it. <sighs> cool. Well, with that said, gentlemen, it's time to move on to the last part of our podcast. Well, second to last part of our podcast. And this is where we do our Players of the Week, gentlemen, for our Week 7. Now, obviously, moving forward, we we do still do Players of the Week, but it's more Players of the Round, normally, uh, Mm. instead of Players of the Week, Mm -hmm. as obviously we will be talking about less players. And and to a point, we eventually stopped doing this because there's no point in doing it when you've only got Mm -hmm. two teams playing off against each other. It's just like, one team's bad, one team's worse. I think we'll probably just give a player of the series or whatever. (laughs) Probably just the easier way. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. I can't remember how we did it last uh, (laughs) last playoffs. I I think it was Player of the Series. Mm. Because remember we gave Art in the losing series versus the CGA. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah okay. You play the series. So as we will go, we will go from top all the way down. I begin us mm. out with our top player of the week. And for any of our listeners, if you're getting confused why we're arguing, this is partly also our opinion. So we can also yeah. just kind of say something controversial because we just think it's like this. And whether mm. we're right or wrong doesn't. It allows us matter. to cover more ground because there are only three of us. Exactly. So in the top lane, my top laner of the week is Appermen. Initialize you, sir. I went with Ebby. Okay. No mirror. I went with Ebby with honourable mentions to Afferman. Splitting the Fair. difference, but tiebreaker over that. I was Ebby. in the same space. Well, as I am the minority, I will have to defend Apperman. And Apperman beat CGA and V3. He, yeah. he, he looked good. He was basically putting people in their place. He didn't have to crutch on other members of his team a lot of the time. He commonly was winning lane, especially, I think, importantly against the Paz one, where he definitely could have fallen mm-hmm. very far behind. Found a way in, dived Paz, got the kill, won the lane, and was landing very important death rounds um, against CGA, getting rid of Nap and Arya in two very important fights, which basically set up Yutori Moshi and Pyrian to do very dirty mm-hmm. stuff with blank assisting and Enti. He just played flawlessly, and this was the top two teams. I couldn't put him anywhere else. He was just the only person for me. And that's why he's obviously on our radar as well. Mm, yeah. um, I think Ebby really crushed both of his games in a similar way. Okay. Again, against Rascal Jester, caveat is it's Rascal Jester. Um, but he still pulled the trigger on Camille every time he sent the top lane a 0-9. Even against the bot tier team. Even against the bot tier team. That's still pretty yeah. disgusting. And I know they ran it into him, but still, it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, he, team yeah. Fought, yeah. he team fought really well. There was a time where he was shutting down Art and Caitlyn very early into the game before Camille mm-hmm. was even that strong. And then in the other game against CJ, he really punished Arya, like, a lot. And it is hard to punish that guy. He's a very good player. And Abby, yeah. Abby did it on, yeah, on cooldown. And obviously the volley bear into Azir is kind of nice because the wall yeah. means jackal to that ultimate of volley bear. But even so, out team fighting CGA is very good news. He was beating Nap in lane, you know. And like Again, so there is a caveat to Rascal Jester, but that caveat isn't seven one and ten as your as your scoreline. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's pretty damn absurd. That said, Apperman had a very good week as well. Like his Mordekaiser game was very impactful. We said about the turnaround versus the Camille when it was looking a bit shaky versus V three. Good news for him too. So you know, absolutely, Apperman was up there. I was like. Do I want to give it to Appleman? Kind of do. But My problem again, was Ebby, for Ebby. I thought he played superb against CGA. It's just it was Art Rascal Jester, and I just I'm, I, I know. Yeah, I but know. Like, that also, was my Cold problem. Cog's actually been pretty good. Yeah, like, but that's it's what still I was. Yeah. Like, he played bad that game. He played bad that game. That game was bad. I grant you. 
Yeah, and that's why I couldn't yeah. give it. But in all fairness, no. I was like, if 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 it wasn't Rascal Jester, if it was pretty much any other team, yeah. he actually would have probably gotten it for me. Yeah. So I I think I give him some points back for team fighting very well on the Camille. I, I was quite True. impressed with him there. Like shutting down Art, who we have said is a very good player too. So whatever. Anyway, I think that's that's, that's top us. line covered pretty thoroughly. Initialize our resident jungler, sir. Mm. Would you do me the pleasure of announcing who your jungler of the week is? I've gone after changing it twice with Tussle. Uh, it was originally okay. going to okay. be no, no, Steel, no, no, no. but it went a blank. They're okay. my honourable mentions. Honourable mentions, okay. Nightmare? I went with blank. No changing my mind. I went with Tussle as well. Okay. This means, Nightmare, you are in the minor. So, if you would do me the mm-hmm. pleasures of a, a, defending your pick somewhat, or just explaining... So, again, it is partly due to Sengoku beating uh, CJV3. Of course, that's always going to be a caveat with anyone who beats the top-tier teams. Yeah. And particularly for a jungler to do that against two very coordinated teams because they are top teams in the region, it, I think it's even more impactful on the jungle mm. uh, jungle role in terms of how I view it for those games. Because I think sometimes it is more about the individual laning prowess, and that doesn't always translate to a top team. Blank, particularly against Boogie, made his life just so hellish. He did. Um, and Boogie, like I've said, I have so much faith in this guy. The guy makes things happen in jungle, which honestly shouldn't happen. And uh, Blank went 8, 2, and 3, mm. controlled the entire game. Was really, one. really good at being that pressure jungle we know him to be. And against CGA, th- I know he started kind of awkwardly on the silos, but he had some really good stolen Wukong ults at different points too. And he's just a re- he's one of the best control junglers in the region. Very, very good for a facilitating period too. Um, although I very much see why Tussle got it. Maybe Maybe it's because I didn't cast those games myself that I didn't <laughs> fight for him. That's, that might actually yeah. be a thing. Maybe it's just because I didn't see it firsthand, but still, yeah. I mean... Go on, Anish, okay. you take it. So, I very nearly put Blank, but Bluntly, his Silas early performance, great CS lead, don't get me wrong, but Bluntly, he nearly threw that game away. He went 0-2-0 in, in the early game and gave CGA four kills when they you know, when Sengoth Gaming were up a thousand gold off just laning phase. You can't... Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, he had a good, be- much better later game. And, the, you know, the, the efficiency on the pick, great news. But you cannot throw two team fights in a row that hard and get player of the week on jungle. Like, that's, for your, that for worries. you, for you. Yeah, for you, for me, exactly. Um, Tussle, on the other hand, though, you know, Steel, again, great games. But again, there was that one thing versus Rascal Jester. I was like, oh, giving it to Ebby. I'm not sure I can do it to Steel as well. Even though, you know, 8-1 and 13 on set is damn good. Yeah. Um... Actually, I think the volley bear in against Axis just was everywhere, and more so against Burning Core. Specifically, the fact that Tussle made sure once did nothing early on and got Agreed. a lot done himself was really, really big. So, you know, shutting down one of our biggest carry junglers in the region in, in fairly yep. dominating fashion impressed me. And also just early early pressure, frankly, compared to Elise Sin. He, he played the front line that the team needed him to play, and he was always there to cover for Honey, be in front, like miles in front, for curtain calls, for Aphelios ultimates. He was just always in their face, for bo- like, both mm. against Axis and Burning Core, but far more against Burning Core when they tried to try and play back to them. Tussle will just run into the middle of them, volley barrel, and just go, I'm here, motherfuckers. And then and then they just were like, yeah. ah, what do we do? He's got an Oriana ball. Ah! And then they just all died, and Honey's yeah. just in the background just going, man, this game's free real estate. Yeah. I love this shit. I do think the Volleybear versus Lee Sin matchup is a fairly tumultuous one, but relatively Volleybear favoured. I yeah. think that's maybe another reason why I went towards Blank. He played That's less favourable matchup. 
His style is still. They're also saying like this guy's KDA. It, the KDA is not just for show. He was really dominant. Actually, like looking how he was just jumping into people's like, oh, this guy's really going hard. General fairness, really I was well. really impressed with Blank versus V3, and I was slightly mm. disappointed with him versus CGA. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that it, and it. I get, and I get how often we've actually. We, I think we've all said it's different points. Like, yeah, actually, two consistent games are probably better than one great game, and the other one. Mm. Uh, well, it's all. Well, I could have. I could have been convinced to change against... my vote, but no, 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 and I don't. And, and it was also yeah. just. Unica is like fifth place, right? Mm. Vaguely, wherever. What? I I'm not actually interested in going semantics because no, hey, whatever, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, of actually ranking players and blah 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 and what that means for mental and stuff. Um, mm. but Unica's like mid tier, whatever. Blank's meant to be top three, or at least yeah. always in that contention, and he just got kind of put away, but then kind of came back and actually was very important for them winning yeah. that game. In all oh, fairness, man, that's super important. His steal, a whole episode was, on, yeah. yeah, yeah, and his stealing also, of that Wukong ult, night and day, won them one of those team fights. I don't yeah. care what you yeah. say at me. Yeah, he did a really good job. I mean, like I'll also say, like, um, Steel had two stellar games. Oh, like, he, one where he was teaming. Oh, that's Ebby. true. He was well, like, Ebby, and like, and like, so and, like and honestly, and honestly, like the fl the hex flash from Raptor Pit to get onto Pink in the mid lane, break up Huge. in the mid lane turret, like all of that kind of thing. Like, actually, that's really cool. The kind second game as well, really specifically yeah. teaming up with Gang, where he would throw a pillar up for a cosmic binding for the Bard. Mm. It was like. That kind of thing where I go, okay, that's actually really cool. Or... Yeah, that, like, yeah, exactly that kind of thing where I go, actually, that's really cool stuff. Um, so, like, for me, it was like, okay, I yeah, thought about like Blank because he had a great game versus Boogie. Yeah, mm. and I said, so, like, I, I, I kind of had to not give it to Steel, if only because I thought, okay, it was made a little easy for him because it was, you know, had to make a half game. I would have probably given and... it to Blank over Steel. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I was I tempted by Steel. Come on, yeah. focus on me, camera. Do this. There you go. But uh, I think I think I think like the three picks that we all went for is are all totally viable. My honorable mentions was Tussle Main, and then I went Steel, then Blank. So and and this is one of the big reasons we do all our separate picks because as I was saying, with three people mm -hmm. and sometimes weeks being very split, we get to cover mm -hmm. more ground. Like yes. it's nice to be able to actually like talk about the honorable mm -hmm. mentions and stuff. But with that all said, gentlemen, I think we're done with that, and we should now go on to our mid laners, our resident mid laner. Would you like to begin us out? It's Pyrian, with lots of dashes added in between, because I wanted to make the box look even longer, so maybe you thought I'd pick someone else, but no, it's Pyrian for me. Fair. Uh, yeah, I, I'm joining you on that. Pyrian, no contestion, really, outside of one player for me. Initialize. Three for three, Pyrian. Honourable oh, mention good. for anyone? Uh, I've got Ciros was my honourable mention. Yeah, yeah I had that one out. Fair. Yeah. That was the I only that, person I, I think had, really. The, the reason I didn't put Seros is that he was the beneficiary of a Camille while playing yeah, his Galio. Exactly. Agreed. I totally um, agreed. And also a beneficiary of, of a trundle in his game against an Azir, which is already yeah. good, while he's like, playing a champion that can follow like, up. I think that yeah, he played his role really well. He did. And honestly, I'm just saying, like, hey, guy's laning really well. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. He's also got a lot of help from his team, but he's playing really well. Whereas yeah. Perrin was, like, setting up a lot of his own shit. He does all his yeah. own stunts for kids. Yeah, like he uh, played like, again. two polar different champions, lads. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. Like exactly, I think that was it. The Zoe game was pretty mental, actually. <laughs> he did so much. He did so much damage. Um, but the one that actually really impressed me was the set game, where yes. I thought his yeah, set okay. was. But he he turned around a number of team fights, managed to escape using some great showstoppers and stuff, and like. Also, it was just a really smart pick into Echo because Arya had picked this Echo sort of blind. Mm. Um. And effectively, it turned into a counter pick for Pyrian in a lot of ways because Echo is a melee matchup. 
versus a set versus set the set's really happy it's like okay i have a squishy gary who yeah he can ult away from me but he can never threaten me uh and i get to face break him every time he comes to cs because his time winders down at least early on yeah you know good stuff Mm -hmm. in that i just yeah perian played really really well for me i'll I'll say that i liked the way seros played the heimerdinger particularly like there were a lot of fantastic grenades that turned around things that should never been turned around like stunders here out of a shuffle um like there was one where like the tempered fate got flashed away from but then he lands a grenade anyway so volleybear can then jump on him like all the things like okay good play there but it was still period who just blew me away this week that zoe game that set game stuff phenomenal performance from me nothing really more to say i was just really impressed with this performance on two completely different champions really That's a big thing too, because again, it kind of fall, it allows us to have that narrative of hey, Sangoku can really change their stuff in the draft. It's really can important. It. They really can, gentlemen. I will lead us out with our bot laners, and ah, oh, it's not even a problem for me. Yutori Moashi, ah, oh, he's back on form, boys. Initialize. Uh, yeah, come back for the encore, buddy. That Jin was pretty stunning this week. Yutori for me as well, and Nymera. Make it three for three once again. Yutori Miyashi. Oh, so Yutori Miyashi just played so good. Return to form. And I genuinely... I've said this about people's champions before. His set... No, his Jin rather. Not set. That's period. His his Jin. You need to think about banning it. I agree. Um, Because he's now learning how to zone with the ult. And every time he did that against both B3 and CJ, they all just were like, ah! And they all just ran away. And then they just won team fights because the team just didn't know how to respond to a curtain call. And he was getting huge picks. A really important thing for this is that, remember last split when he was really consistent, but he was playing MF? MF had a lot of things which could eventually shut her down. And we saw like in playoffs, like, Mm. man, we would have really wanted to see him play something else. Jin is really good in the meta right now. Mm. And if it goes through, you know, I think it's going to be really important for Sangoku if New Tori Mashi can be a factor in these games. Because remember last split, he was the best AD carry up until the finals. That was what we were saying. Um, Also, if you can... It's it's punishing the Ash mains, frankly. Ash mains, Caitlyn, Caitlyn, if it comes in... Mm. um, can punish Callista too if people want to play that because it's a lot of point to play heavy damage very short burst trades which Callista normally wins doesn't win against Jin. Mm. Um, so I think that potentially Yutori if he steps back up can be the X Factor Sengoku in the draft and in a lot of these games so watch out for this guy had a really really good week watch out for him in playoffs the playoffs he will have to play against our quote unquote best bot lane carry in Archer so uh, we'll definitely keep things interesting in that best of five mm. series Initialize, <laughs> would you like to run me through who your support is uh i went with gang who i thought had a stellar okay oh i forgot to mention uh my ad carry uh honorable mention was honey who had a really fun yeah, yeah, yeah that's same here same here yeah. um sorry okay uh, so all the same uh, okay we're all agree okay very good um <laughs> yeah really good he had a really good week uh nymera your support also gang well we're starting to agree on stuff lads and we doing this blind i also went with gang um for obvious yeah. reasons um Initializes, uh, you are the support talker for this one. So I think it was two quite different styles of game in some way, where the level one from Gang versus Rascal Jesters was so good. Uh, especially because it was the Caitlyn lane. The fact that he lands two Zenith blades onto the Caitlyn early on that does yeah. a lot of work is fantastic news. Do not get me wrong, Nagi played it poorly. But even so, doing that is really, really good work. And the solar flares later into that game were great. 
Mate, um, it was to a level of how bad Nagi played that we memed about it for the next four, three games afterwards. Right, exactly. It wasn't great. Yes. That said, the game that really won it for me was the Bard game, where uh, those tempered fates, particularly versus uh, the Aphelios and the Azir, just won them team fights versus our best team fighting team in the league. So, uh, I mean, it was helped that, you know, Steel was putting some great pillars down, Heimerdinger was only like, it was a team performance, but the support, the Bard, Coming in, looking strong. Great news for Gang being back on. And I'm going to throw it out there. My honourable mention is NC. Is yeah, mm. I think they Me played too. really well. Um, however, if I'd put NC, I would have had four out of five players of the week being. <laughs> and not how I feel about that. Um, I, I as much as they're it. really, really good, I do think that Gang was huge in terms of his playmaking, and it's something that we've. I mean, <laughs> look back to last summer playoffs. This guy was our player of the series in the finals. This guy was really, really good. Really good. You know, this guy. We know the heights this guy can reach. I think that Reiner has by far been the best support this split, but this week means that suddenly it might not be the case for playoffs. And regular season's mm. nice and all, but if he comes back for that, maybe, maybe oh, we yes. have a late surge from DFM to make things interesting. It will really Open will time. depend on his champion pool moving forward for Diana. Um, if if he keeps playing what he was doing, um, he could be fine. I mean, in all fairness, I don't think they can. I don't think you can fully ban out Reiner. I hope we don't see a return of the Tom Kench, though, again. Um, he was really high win rate on that. Yeah, yeah but that I was still think Senna it's lanes. fabulous. In the, I think it's just punishable in the current meta. He hates Ash because he gets slowed down and run down. That was he his first game this split. On the, the last split, like he had five wins last split and no losses. This is his first loss this season. I feel like a lot of those TAK games game he season. played with the Tom Kench, he was with a Senna. Um, so that did more. Did he play with Misfortune at all? Uh, he might have played one or two, but the majority remember. was with Senna. And I and Miss, also Misfortune, you play a fair bit differently to you play with an Ash. In all fairness, well, at least in my perspective, you you should. Um, Ash, you're kind of more just to set up and also just get her around the map. Whereas Misfortune, you're there to just be in her face and to just move her away from anyone. Yeah, three to out do three stuff. out of the five games in spring, he was with the Senna. Okay. He was building full tank, so he had two of them, which were support games. But either way. It is still a champion pick, which I remember, like, his Thresh and his... I think it was, like, his TK and his Nautilus were, like, 5-0. Yeah. That's in spring. Mm -hmm. um, they were really, really impactful. Anyway, it is important to say that, like, his TK has had historical precedent, but this game was not good. <laughs> it was It was not. And he also... While he did get to play his set again, and it was a return to form, Gang just had such a good week. Just such Consistency. a good week. Consistency. It's so, so good. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That means... Who, gentlemen, is our overall MVP? Nymera, would you like to announce your overall MVP with any honorable I'm mentions? just going to continue the conversation we're having. It's gang. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, I'm disagreeing that we should continue having this conversation, <laughs> as I believe it should be all about Pyrian, sir. What about you, Initialize? Valid choices. You're both wrong. Should be Ebby. Damn, we were all we were in agreement for so long, oh. so long, lads. I blame initialize. <laughs> I blame initialize on it. I That's do that fair. all the time. It's actually how I get through <laughs> life. Oh well, <laughs> you, I wouldn't go just, that you far. You just got big brain enough. Wow, just got big brain enough. <laughs> okay, it's like you know how like nothing can ever be so great that it can't be like oh, solved by defenestrating the the juniors. It's the British the same thing. as like just blame the older brother. Oh, <laughs> Sam, okay. take this one on the shoulder. <laughs> Well, I'm older than both of you, technically, aren't I? Right? Yeah. Me and, I think so, yeah. Me and Sam yeah, share birthdays very near each other, so I... I think so. Sam's 95. What are you... Oh, no, I'm 94. Yeah, I'm the old man here. Yeah, okay. Oh, God, I'm wicked. I'm okay, well, young, I, I can go first if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, let, let the youngest um, go first. 
I think that Gang brought some really much needed playmaking to his mm-hmm. role um, this week. And I think that, honestly, it's really a breath of fresh air to have someone on this list, which isn't Reiner for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think that <laughs> his proud. team, particularly the CGA game... Well, pr- no, Proud's a good one, too. That's a good one. But um, I, I think that Gang... I think that Gang, on two very different champions doing two very, very different things, held back lines accountable in a meta where it is so important to do so. Um... Yeah, his team could not be in the position they were in without him. That's why he's my MVP. Fair enough. I'll go next if you don't mind initialize. Yeah, go for it, man. Pyrian played two completely different champions. Wait, that's the same argument yeah. that you just used for Gang. Yep. Uh, mm. uh, he played two completely different champions in his role where you normally only play one or two kind of ways, but he was like, now I'm going to play tank set mid versus Arya and nullify him in a completely different way. And he's also not going to get to counterpick the way he thinks he's going to get to counterpick because he thinks he's going against Asylus. Surprise, you're not lost lane uh win game for sengoku then he also gets to play zoe and if it wasn't for him rotating in the first five minutes of this fucking game i don't know if sengoku win i'm genuinely not sure that game becomes very different after he trade the one for one makes it very difficult ace bless his heart he didn't rotate around to maybe try and pick up something else so that's a problem and a thing that i hope management and coaches looked at and were like oh you should have rotated we might have been able to get a two for one here game might go in our favor in all fairness Pyrian did it, rotated, got kept them in this game, and then basically hard won his lane. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, he played flawlessly. I'm really happy with Pyrian, and I like this if this is where we're going into playoffs because this means very exciting things. No. Initialize. Uh, similar argument in some ways to you guys. You Weird. Very different playstyles in terms of you have one game where you were the win condition focused mm. and also kind of like a split pushing hard carry champion versus what was effectively a bruiser front game he played exceptionally well in both it's also he won lane really heavily in both um and like it was just also a real return to form in terms of playing to the win conditions in a really really smart the camille was permanently set up really well with the galio and stuff but like that was playing to the win conditions really well finding his way onto the camille as well when he were getting to the team fights news uh especially or not sort of finding a way onto the Caitlin, rather, was the right phrase I was looking for. Mm. Uh, especially when it was like Art was looking to do some big DPS in around a dragon fight. Like he managed to fly over a wall and get onto the Caitlin, get her in Cancel the house, the no. Yeah, that kind of thing where I go, okay, more than just actually playing the lane well, you're playing the win conditions later on well. Same with the volley barriers. Like, okay, my job here is to make sure Arya gets to do Jackal. I will jump over the Emperor's Divide every yeah, time, yeah. take him out of a team fight, find a teleport flank, run the Aphelios down. It's like, okay, good laning phase, two different styles of champion, play to the late game win condition. And so pretty much the same argument for three different players. And honestly, <laughs> I can't I can't fault you guys for your picks either. I I kind I kinda roll the dice on it a little bit and it's like mm. Yeah. Gang really punished some yeah, no. Gang played all three really of these good. picks. Oh, Abby yeah, played, um, really played really good. played really good. Really good. I think we so, all picked really good players for once, and normally uh, this we. Is probably we... The, this, is, yeah. this is probably the closest for an overall MVP of a week that we've probably had in a while. Yeah. In a long time. In recent memory. Yeah, it's normally not been this varied. It's normally been one player, and we're like, mm. yeah. Like, I mean, what, a few weeks yeah. ago before Super Week, we're like, yeah, it's just Reiner and Reiner Boogie. Reiner or Boogie. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Figure it out. We'll flip coins and mm. we'll figure it out. Uh, I mean, mid split MVP definitely belongs to one of those two, but oh, like, if definitely. playoffs goes super wacky. Who the fuck knows? Less. I mean, like, I'll add in that obviously there's there's a certain amount of like 
personal bias with their because like it was like so. so satisfying to see him come back to form so like yeah there was okay. a certain amount of that for me as well. I was like yeah, oh thank god he's back to actually being good like that that was in there too don't get me wrong but you know um and you're allowed to do that obviously yeah <laughs> so but even so i think it was a good performance out of a number of players this week who all deserve an mv shout out and no v3 members for i believe the first time of us doing well, our well, players well. of the week which is well very true I, very I, true. I believe it actually is because v3 even though i think when they went one and one a few weeks ago uh versus cga i think we still nominated uh, a member of v3 so uh that's mm -hmm. a lot to go gentlemen though it's question time and yeah. uh we have been given a question and a statement uh, which isn't really a question, but uh, I'll, I'll still cover it anyway. I feel like we might as well. But uh, chips are tasty. Hello, welcome back to the question section. Chips are tasty. They are. Chips indeed. are tasty. They really are. I still want to know what type of chips they're talking about. Yeah, though. we're we're British uh, here, so it's going to be actual chips. Right. Or poker chips. Correct. The problem. Uh, mm, don't eat those, especially with all the germs that are on chips. them. Really Jeez. don't don't put those in your mouth. The poker chips would no. Oh no. Yeah, the Ooh. amount of times they've been touched. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> He asked, or they rather, they asked the question: Bets on how quickly DFM will speed run every team in playoffs. Uh, I'll give you twenty. No, I'll give you one to twenty. Not good odds. Not good odds. Yeah, this is my problem. You know what I'm saying about. Um, so if they win round one, because well, either way, okay. It, well, if they first face they need CGA, to do tiebreaker. Yeah, they need to do tiebreaker. That's one thing. And like, okay, I, what are the odds they beat? the other teams in their bracket so you think so that's cga the hawks and burning core you know we were saying that in the podcast or two ago right and it was okay so the tiebreaker will be very telling but even then a best of five is very different to a best of one and still an unknown quantity for the hawks if they face them kind of awkward yeah. burning core um yeah they probably beat them in current form don't get me wrong but then CGA, when CGA have side selection for three out of the five games, that's not going to be a speed run. That's going to be five games. <laughs> that's going to be five games. It's yeah. going to be all over the place. There's going to be coin flips everywhere. It's not going to be speed run. It, it, there's a good chance they go out in round two if they don't face CGA in round one. And there's also a chance, in my eyes, they could just lose to the Hawks or Burning Core, depending on yeah. how things go. The Hawks Bo both the Hawks and, and Burning Core have players on their team who we've outright said, are, I believe, are close to overall MVP or have definitely been in their role for, uh, for MVP Ray of Farkey the week. Rayfarki yeah. once proud, have each yeah. well-deserved earned spots there. Yeah. They have two other members on their team. We're not going to talk about them at the moment. We're kind of we're trying to big up these teams at the moment. The Hawks have the same thing with how they've been performing recently, and CGA will be a best mm. of five in my eyes. But we haven't heard from the DFM fan himself. Go on. So I I agree with you guys, generally speaking. For chips are taste. So if I take this and say, okay, so if DFM were to do it, uh -huh. um, so like I would say, like if and there is a world where basically week seven is the form we're going to get DFM in and they are consistently there they've sorted what they want to do where like everything is golden uh they crush the 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 tiebreaker tomorrow and like if that's the form we get in playoffs then yeah there is a world where they just 28 minute game everybody by being super consistent winning every lane that said i tend to agree that it is hard to come in and say that's what's going to happen because of what we've seen before then again, also, this is a team who's done it before. There's a lot of experience, true. there's a lot of talent, a lot of great, te great teaching form. If week seven is the form we're getting in as well, they're on decent form. Like, there is a world where all that comes in and they just get to speed run everybody because they've just hit back where they need. Just remember, last playoffs, they didn't have a single 3-0 series. 
Going three two three one three one. Mm. Now I have to say, DFM, they were further ahead of their competition in the two three ones they had um, against V three and then Sengoku than they are against yeah, these current teams right now. I think that another they are close. They can't give a loss okay. up. They can't give a loss up. They could when they were on the upper bracket. They're not mm. there, and that's another important thing. Mental we saw ledge, DFM. Yeah. When they came into playoffs last round, they lost to Sengoku in a best of five. Mm. And then... It, Had they, to recover. Then patch recover, huge change, and something we're going to talk about in our next podcast because <laughs> we have questions. Um, yeah. But DFM came back on the new patch and just looked reinvigorated and destructive. They didn't start out playoffs like that, even though yeah. they were the favourites going in. And they had side selection as well. So I'm so like, a little bit yeah. hesitant on okay. them. So... I'll I'll throw this in. Mm. If we see tomorrow, if we see one well, in a few hours, if we see that, uh, relative to this podcast recording, yeah. by the way, guys, this comes out mm. post the results. But if we see DFM come in tomorrow, crush the Hawks, it's like okay, we've had three games. Like it's not a flash in the pan. They're on form. You can start to give credence to the fans and stuff and say, okay, maybe we do see the uh, the Cloud Nine Gauntlet run, the SKT Gauntlet run, the, yeah, the G Two yeah. Gauntlet runs. Oh, we could. We're like we're actually like we're like these guys come into playoffs and just. Do what these teams do. Yeah, but Sam, like, remember, there is a the, with that. remember the C9 Gauntlet run was... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, <laughs> the whole way, that was until not... It was, from... three, it was a 3-1 final. That's that content. Out. Oh, come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But yes, you're absolutely... Like, again, I'm putting that out as kind of like the the famous one rather than one that was... Sure. But you could potentially start saying, okay, at that point, there is enough of a sample size where you go, actually, these guys can cont- are contenders and we know what DFM as contenders can do. I can, give, I can have some faith if we see that tomorrow. Do I expect it to be likely as an analyst rather than as a fan? Not entirely. That said, I don't want to write DFM off because of the history, because of the talent, because of what we've seen in the last. Yeah, game. and also like if there's a precedent to be set by game like week seven, and they are kind of cleaning up their acts because See, we've now I... seen some evidence that they can do that. I can. I put the reverse. Up. I can play devil's advocate for this mm. exact argument, which I hoped for actually. Um, great. They beat a coin flip team and the worst team in the LJL. What the fuck does that mean to I, me, really? I we're, agree. We're actually yeah, going to see exactly. them play against the... T- I think this tiebreaker match is a big game, like, big changer for me. This is the actual benchmark. This, yeah, this yeah. is them actually getting a benchmark because beating a coin flip team, the team where we think they could lose to a bottom league amateur NA team, and also then beat top esports in back-to-back <laughs> game. Like, genuinely, they could beat JDG. They could also then lose to me and Nymera on challenge. Well, maybe not me, like, but Nymera r- and maybe others. <laughs> remember end of last split when CGA won like, like a five, six game loss streak and then crushed the tiebreaker match oh, it was to end out the split? Oh, that... And then went on to like five game series their way to round, th- yeah, round because three, they yeah. could, yeah. That's that the team we're dealing with. Definitely that room. And like, it's the same team. Nothing has changed yes. about them. <laughs> yeah, I'll say with the Hawks, because I'm still not entirely sure where to put them on the power But rankings. isn't that great for them yeah. coming but, into but, this? But what, I, but what I'll say is I don't think they're all necessarily that high variance. And the question is, if they're not that high variance, what is the bar you set? Is it is it kind of like mid? Is it higher mid? Is it lower mid? And I just don't know as yet. Um, I still really worry about Aramic, though. And I also think that... Honey Ampu are in a similar position to say Archer and Ryanair, Gango and Grandel, where like actually these guys 
if they get put behind, go behind with a big underline. So, against... I would say that actually the the Hawks bot's been pretty good recently. Uh, when they've lost... I mean, not even that recently, bloody. When they lost in Super Week, that it was the bot league getting slapped. Uh, yeah, I do think they are kind of CGA light. I think that part of that comes with less variance because they're not as weird. Balls to the wall. Yeah, I do think they got a better jungler. I think that tussle. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's a Very really good. big thing because remember that steel was propping up. Well, really punishing. Not even propping up Saros. He was just because what that would assume that Saros was playing bad. He wasn't. Um, he was punishing Arya. I think that when you've got a more even jungle matchup, you don't get to have that full three winning lanes mm-hmm. um, like we saw in that game. I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be really close. Well, you will. You now know our opinions, and while you listen to this podcast, you can be sitting back in your chair already knowing the results on what kind of DFM we'll be <laughs> seeing going into playoffs, and also what type of Hawks we might we might be seeing yeah. going into playoffs, yeah. as well as you'll also now know where they're actually seeding and who they're playing against, mm-hmm. as we will find that out yeah. after the tiebreaker match, I believe. That's how that goes. The teams yeah. are told... Well, CGA yeah. has or, um, has to t- say who they want to play, and then DFM just get de facto yes. shot yeah. told. Yeah. I think they have to choose yes. on that. Day, oh, the winner, the winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, like, I'll, I'll say this for Chips Artesi specifically. Bets on how quickly DFM speed run it, I'll say 1 in 5, 20%. Ah, oh, see, I'm not even giving them that. I'm giving them like a one percent chance to speedrun everything. That also means they're going to speedrun V3 and Sengoku. Yeah. I oh, don't think they're doing world. that. Absolutely a world where they've got where they where everything comes together at the right one time. One in five? And oh, well, can I pay twenty pounds of that action? Because I don't think they're doing that, mate. One in five? I'll I'll take I'll take what twenty pounds and them not doing that. I'm paying the reverse odds for that. I'll, I'll take the reverse odds for it. I think it's that's why I pay I pay I pay. Twenty pounds. So it would pay. It would pay out one quid for it. every five that he puts in. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm with you. So I'll give you twenty five uh, pounds for a fiver later when they don't speed run it because I'm that confident that they don't speed run. If you want to take that, I'll take that bet. But uh, yeah, I they got a three zero every game. They're not doing I, it. No, no. So I'm not saying okay. But I'm like, okay, I'm not saying like, but like speed okay, run. Three zero. Three zero. Three zero. Do I expect them to three zero the whole way there? Probably not. But like, this there is, is a, a thing right now. Nah, if so, like, DFM to, win, it is going to be laborious. Yeah. I they're going to have to go... I think it'd be three ones if they so did. They it. have There's to go through. They, three one. uh, they have to go through round one versus the Hawks or Burning Core or CGA. That is going to be a mess. Mm. Then they have to face probably CGA in round two. That's going to be a or, mess. Or then a team that upsets CGA, oh, yeah. which is oh, yeah. fucking yeah. huge to say because yeah. if like, a team can upset yeah. them, they could definitely happen. beat DFM. I'm sorry, yeah. but and, that's the, and actually I, the, the mental edge you get from it, and also having won a best of five, even if you're one of these younger mm-hmm. teams, yeah, that's great. And then you have to face the loser of C3 Sengoku. Okay. They will take them to the edge, and then they have to play the winner of those two. So I, I think remember that's going to be beat DFM or V3 this whole game, this whole split. So I mean, like I will say, I th- so I, th- I think the two series that if if like if you got in on form DFM that would be great matches was I think the CGA one because of the high variance. I think V3 because it's damn good. Sure. I think Sengoku are more solvable. Oh, I think V3 are more solvable than the Sengoku. Sam, Ooh. I think that Sengoku have got way more styles. I don't know, but I, I just remember su- I just remember Super Week. Super Week Sam, Sengoku I- was. Really remember, Sam, I remember I remember playoffs last split when Ace was really exposed uh, by true that. DFM. No, that's fair. I think that that's fair, that's fair. could happen again. I don't. I just think, think it's less of a meta where you can expose the mid lane in this bit, okay. this this ah. this current match. I'd like, I think I'd that's like to true. round out the end of the podcast yeah. here, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> a fan more. Back out. Part of this is also just our the end of the podcast, and also we probably will be talking about this in more depth come next week's podcast episode. Very true. Very very true. And a statement we got from every day. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to have my question answered from last week. We answered it. 
fucking degenerate didn't even listen to our podcast. I'm calling yeah. you out right now. Um, how I wouldn't does it know. Feel, how does it feel being a less cool uh, VCS English? Uh, again, you're the worst version oh, of know. us, so I don't know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. I, 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 like, again, I, I, every day I know what... Like, I, the problem is I wouldn't know because I'm not. So what, I, what I listen saying? to like, our podcast. I, I can't I comprehend a world. Guys, I'm really sorry. You have forgotten one thing here. What did we forget? Mass uh, one. This stuff. This uh, stuff right on the shelf. I might be letting the team down as far as the coolness, but then is it? How what? does it feel if I get to have, keep my shrines, Ari, my yeah. waifu, and the best, the shining light in my life? It feels great. No, we need day. a token weed, great. Nymera. That's why you're way better than them. True. Oh, it's yeah, like, like it's the dynamic. We I, like... I actually. I, by giving the comparison of me being just so shit, and then you guys makes us look better. Cool, it actually yeah. makes us look better. Wow, I, no, it makes us all I, look I take better. it all back. Because they don't still know feels that. great, but we're not it, actually. Th this is high level, cool, you know. Cool, hey, and we gotta stay on brand for our shit. We gotta have a weeb somewhere in us. There you go. That's it. And you're not even an Token anime weeb. weeb anymore. You're just a fucking Ari weeb. Fuck that. That's nothing, mate. That's Trash. fine. This guy. This guy. Don't hang away. I can be a yeah. hype man. I can defend any point. I'm a debater. I should have done debate <laughs> class, but we didn't have that, sadly. And I think I've killed initialize <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe that answered every day's question in his own way by the the <laughs> scenes we've just witnessed. So, statements or actions? You, you you take your. I mean, maybe he'll listen pick, to the podcast for once. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Can we end my misery? We can, we can, initialize. Like, to recap, everybody, we've seen some ups and downs. We'll be covering a pot. We'll be actually covering that tiebreak matchup in a few moments. Coming into next week's episode, as we won't have any games to cover outside of the tiebreaker yeah. matchup, which we will cover, but it won't be super in depth mm. for us to cover because one best of one game. What the fuck can you get out of that outside of minor <laughs> analysis? Um, and also a coin flip half the time. Um, We'll be covering that live, so we'll, next episode we'll be doing more of a, uh, a more of a chilled out podcast. It'll be just us kind I of. I think it'll be more holistic. Look, I think. Yeah, probably. I think that's fair. Take a bit of that's a fair. bit of a, because you know sometimes with these we have to kind of like be the speedboat kind of skimming yeah. across the top lower lower stuff, and then like well, we can take be a bit of a dive into the deeper. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll finally have some of our, our playoff matches actually decide as well. We'll know who's playing who. Yeah, that's true. Time. Good talk about that. But with that all said, gentlemen, let's round out the end of this podcast. Meaning, if you've gotten this far in this podcast and you'd like to know, we're all of our social media platforms are either below our faces or you can find at Nymera, at Initialize with a one, and at Mars oh, one, no as well as also finding at the LJL unofficial if you're interested in following our content and anything else. We do also stream all of the matches almost live, excluding certain things. Keep tuned to our Twitter and Discord as we will be releasing updates and announcements regarding how we're going to be covering playoffs once we get that information fully and we can prepare ourselves. Potentially, we might have special guests and other things happening. Ooh. But with that said, for Nymera and for Initialize and myself, Mars Swan, thank you so much for listening and we'll be back at you very, very soon. Matinee.